I think I'm as ready as it's going to be because, wow. Okay. In 10, 9. Ten. Are we good? No, I was just giving <laughs> you a long count kind of just in case you're like, hey, you know what? The level of anxiety by the time you reach one would have been off the charts. No, no, no. 5.5, 5. 5.4, 5. 5.3. <laughs> Hit the button. Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It is June 30th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode 12 of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me is my co-host. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Greetings. I feel like there's something else I say usually. Normally, normally, there's at least one other intro. Yeah. So Andrew can't be with us. The uh, schedules didn't quite line up. But, uh, you know, uh, on a related note, uh, some of you who may remember Matt from the Frankie Play streams, it's Matt's birthday. So yes. Happy, happy birthday happy to birthday, Matt. Matt. I don't even know if Matt listens to the podcast. I, I have to think Matt is an avid podcast I, consumer. You know, I'm not sure about that. But if Matt does listen to the podcast or if Andrew listens to the podcast that he's not on, both of things are questionable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, happy birthday. Matt. I'm not going to say Matt's podcast uh, fan number one because I'm sure that's Scarlet. Shout out to Scarlet. Shout out Scarlet it early get, you know just getting it in there i don't want to wrap up a podcast and be like did i shout out scarlet <laughs> you know there's now see that's it now there's a level of scarlet anxiety because did we shout out scarlet do we shout out scarlet enough is is the question i mean just we i want to make sure there's a baseline there yes yeah, so we've got it we get it we get it done and then then we can move on yeah. and, then, and then the the shout outs can be organic yes that's right <laughs> After that, our podcast gears weren't meshing finely. It was, uh, it was, there's days that worked and days that didn't work. And we wanted to get one more out in June, even though it might go out That's July it. 1st. Get, well, it is going to go out like tomorrow. Yeah, I guess tomorrow is July 1st. Tomorrow wow. is so it's, July 1st. Here's among the problems. You may notice I'm a bit discombobulated. Among the problems is the fact that it is currently a long weekend in mm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's Canada Day. It's the day of Canada. That's the day they, they, they all got together and said, you know what? Canada. Let's make a Canada. Canada. <laughs> so, and, and this is one of the interesting cultural tropes about being Canadian. It's like, we don't really do patriotism, but, okay, Broadly speaking, we don't do patriotism, but there is, of course, a contingency who do. Yes. And these are the people that, if they lived in the States, would be wearing the MAGA hats. I, right? I, and <laughs> I think most Canadians aren't like, yeah, Canada. They're more like, yeah, you know what? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> but we've got a couple of, like, Canada MAGA hats across the, across the like, our, our outdoor neighbors. Oh, like, really? Yeah, because if you look across, that we call them the Unabomber and Blondie because they're, <laughs> they're always out there. He looks like the Unabomber. He does. And he, they're always out there in every possible form of weather smoking. For, they won't smoke in the house. They both smoke. They won't smoke in their house. They go out onto the back porch to smoke, and it's an 
any kind of weather. So they're out there in blizzards with parkas and like covering up their cigarettes. And they smoke. I've said this before, and I just love this quote. They smoke like it's a job. Like there's no pleasure in it. There's absolutely. They're just it's, like it's oh, they're, very they're descriptive. Like, they're, yeah, they're they're out there just smoking because they have to. Are, are they right? my? Are they? Like my favorite kind of Canadians, the kind that fly the the Confederate flag, not knowing <laughs> why they do this or they're, what it res- They're more they're more the lumberjacket kind of okay. you know the Toronto hick kind of yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. right? And so right right now, if you would look out the window, you will see they have a whole string of Canadian flags across their little nook that they've got set up on their oh. their back porch out there. You yeah. can you can yeah no these like, and it's like here's the thing about being Canadian about being like. Like, you know, an older Canadian who doesn't really do the patriotism thing. Yeah. It's just kind of embarrassing when you look out there and you see the flags. There's no, like, when you go to the States, there's American flags everywhere. everywhere. And it's it's just kind of weird. Like, we don't get it. We don't get that kind of patriotism. It's replacing it's just, a personality and sense of humor with a country. <laughs> it's true. So we've got a couple of those across the way here. you remember remember last podcast andrew said somebody made a big donation to a, a, a twitch stream that was just a humming uh, hummingbird a hummingbird yeah you should set up a camera and run it through twitch <laughs> and just just you know it's every time they're out there smoking we'll like, get money like a like That'd a david right. attenberg like special <laughs> I freaked out on dental technique. Now that you mentioned David Attenborough, I didn't think we were going to have anything for the intro. Turns out we got a lot. We got intro. I, so, I, you know, as as you were about to find out, I've had a lot of dental work. Of course I have, because it never ends recently. And I had a dental technician, and we were just chatting before the doctor came in, and she was, I don't remember how we got on the conversation, but we started talking about voice acting. And she was asking me what I wanted to watch on the TV. And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch TVs or what anything. And she put on a David Attenborough documentary. And she was like, you know, I had a patient who could imitate David Attenborough. Exactly. So I started. With, and here, even now, we have the wildebeest in his natural habitat. And I, she just lost it. She yeah. couldn't believe it. So we actually ended up talking about, like, well, I'm a voice actor because I also do puppetry. And I do puppetry because this is my job. And I do puppet building. And, and it was just blew her mind. It was like, I love having those conversations because it's like, you never know where this is going to go, right? Puppet David Attenborough. Puppet David Attenborough. Well, that's, oh, come on. That's easy. That's low-hanging fruit, man. But still, like, just have, <laughs> have, him, have him come on, like... J- and now, even here, we have... Some fleece. J- jelly rolls sitting in the studio, and then <laughs> puppet David Attenborough appears behind him and starts commentating his uh, his sitting and we looking. Have the jazz man in his natural habitat. Um, what you got? What you got going on? I've had dental work. What have you been doing? Oh, so um, the last six days, four of them were spent at live wrestling events. Uh, okay. For those of you who don't know, I enjoy myself some live wrestling. Andrew did mention that on a previous podcast. And uh, we have, so there's a, my, my, our friend Mark, Andrew, myself, and a gentleman. Shout out Marcus. Marcus, I'm think, I think Marcus listens to the podcast. I think he does. Um, and uh, a gentleman that we we have we know via IRC from a thousand years ago named Oz, uh, who lives in Texas, and I'm going to shout out Oz here because I'm going to make him download this episode <laughs> and listen to it. Uh, but he lives in Texas. That's the way to do it. If we just shout out everybody we know, and then, and then shame them into listening. <laughs> um, 
so we've got a group Discord, not a, like a Discord, but a, a group chat that we sit in on uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays when wrestling is on, and we all just live chat to each other about what we're watching and how we're marking out on stuff and whatnot. And Oz flew up to Toronto for uh, Saturday Night Collision and then the Sunday pay-per-view that was uh, this last week, which was uh, AEW X NJPW Forbidden Door. Uh, it's the best wrestlers from New Japan Pro Wrestling and okay. the best wrestlers from AEW. There was like I felt like meeting. I was having a stroke there for a second. <laughs> it's just word you salad. Words and I didn't know what they meant. Um, so w- <laughs> when AEW started, a lot of people from NJPW, a lot of the uh, the Gaijin wrestlers, the foreigners, yep. ended up going to AEW because their contracts were up and they were going to get a good deal here. But they were some of the really popular foreign talent in Japan. And that caused bad blood with the old New Japan management. And it looked like there was never going to be any uh, work between them, even though they were really interested in doing that because there's a lot of good wrestlers on both sides. Uh, New Japan eventually went through a change at the top. They got new management in and they were more open to it. And then the Forbidden Door show was the what happened out of that where both uh, companies could work together and, and top talent from both would fight each other on these pay-per-views. And this was the second one. And it was, it was stunt booked. If I can use an, a wrestling term, like they, they, put, you can't cause I won't know what it means. So, <laughs> so the basics of wrestling is that someone books matches. They say, we're going to have Kenny Omega versus uh, Will Ospreay. And that's, they've booked this match. All right. It's up to them to decide what the, the match they want to show is. I mean, the, the, the open secret of wrestling is that the, um, um, the outcomes are preordained. Like, Kenny Omega is going to win this match, or Will Ospreay is going to win this match. That's more than an open secret, man. But that's just assumed. It's what they do inside that framework that is up to the wrestler, and that is where they get very interesting results. Okay. Um, WWE tends to be kind of the um, catch-up-on-rice method. You know, it's it's there's no... It's not an adventurous flavor palette. It's, um, it, it's, it's wrestling for people who watch wrestling but don't want to enjoy it, uh, whereas AEW tends to be like... They smoke like it's a job. They smoke like it's a job. <laughs> AEW tends to be like... Uh, like Thai food or like Szechuan peppercorns in something. It's, <laughs> right. It can get spicy. We're really stretching some metaphors they, here, they, but all right. They can really <laughs> put on a very engaging and storytelling match. Right. And that's what they, they really went for it this, uh, uh, this Sunday at the pay-per-view. Uh, some of the best wrestling I have ever seen. Some of the most engaging and, and best stories I've seen. And then... Oz flew back Monday, and then Mark, Andrew, and I had shows in Hamilton um, on Wednesday and Thursday, and that was the end of the run in Ontario for AEW. Uh, but it's the most live wrestling I've ever seen. It was my first pay-per-view. Uh, it was just so good. It, like, from from bell to bell, all the content we saw was just gold. So it was incredibly enjoyable, and Oz, once he got back, said, you know, if they do something similar next year where they do a couple matches in Ontario, he'd be really interested in flying up, because we all had such a good time. So cool. It was really good. I really enjoy it. Now everyone can rip on me on Discord for liking wrestling. No, we got, like, a couple people. I know for a fact we do. I think I might be the only one who's like, this is just, this is just, I have no... 
I have no neurons that will receive the input of this. It's not for everyone, and I I didn't even really get into it until the mid 2000s like i like i was around people who watch wrestling and i was there for some matches but it wasn't anything that ever really clicked with me and it wasn't until i'd say 2015 2016 that i really started looking into it and that's when i started getting into new japan uh, because you can watch that online for relatively cheap i think it's like a thousand yen which is eight dollars or something like that um and that's where I got into a lot of what became AEW because they were the top guys over there. So that was uh, that was my last last week. So it was uh, very enjoyable. We had a great time. I had dental work. I mean, <laughs> that's like wrestling. It is a kind of wrestling. It's tooth wrestling. There's a there's an outcome that you want. You, you hopefully get it, <laughs> but it's not scripted ahead of time. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's I know so you, uh, you. It's yeah. more like a soap opera, really. It really is. It is more. It is reality TV. Yeah, is what it is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, wow, that was that was an intro. We did yeah. actually an intro yeah. without Andrew. Turns out we don't need him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a, Andrew. That was a joke. He's not listening to this. He's definitely not. Listening. We should plant something in this episode yes. that he has to listen to, and then respond. And to then next like episode. We'll, this will be a test. It'll be a test. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. I have a thing. Okay, and never mind. We'll get, we're gonna get to that later. We'll get to that, or Kevin will forget it. And Andrew will spend the entire oh, no, episode. Pog through is like, what could it be? No, 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 no. I know exactly, and I won't forget it because it's actually part of what we're going to talk about. But, okay, but but I'm not going to mention it on the Discord, or okay. I'm not going like, to say anything. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna wait till next podcast. Oh my! I can't believe we're setting up a test for Andrew. Uh, okay, it's, it's great. And on it's, that note, it's with love. It is with love. We're we're testing our love. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back with the puppet pit. You have entered an alternate dimension. A dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the puppet pit. I realized on the show notes I said beg for money is one of the notes and I didn't beg for money. That's okay. <laughs> we'll beg for money now because you can, uh, you can support everything we do. Here at Operation Puppet, if you go to ko-fi.com slash Operation Puppet, that's where you can uh, help support us uh, with the hosting costs for the podcast, because it ain't free, folks. But if you can, great. If you can't, it will be free for everybody. But it will be really cool if you could, because things cost money. Every little bit helps. It does. It does help a lot. We've had we've had a couple of donations, and that's fantastic. But thank you, everybody who has contributed, and um, keep it up because that's what keeps us going. And speaking of keeping going, hey, have you heard of the TikTok? I mean, I've heard people talk about TikTok, <laughs> usually not very flatteringly. <laughs> so, oh boy! I mean, as part of as we talked about last time on the Puppet Pit, as part of Phase Two, I'm just having to push. The shotgun approach to... The shotgun approach, exactly. And I will say, so I was on TikTok before. I gave it a shot. I really tried. 
and I hated it so much. I mean, the thing about TikTok, I, there's a whole bunch of stuff around TikTok. We, well, I mean, you have to fight, you know, your entire filmmaking core <laughs> to film vertically. So th- there is that. And the thing is, like, you know, so I, I my initial approach to TikTok was, well, I'm going to try and force it to, like, work with me, right? I'm going to I'm gonna do the stuff that I do and just try and make it work with TikTok. And I, I had some degree of success with it, but it was such a struggle that I, I was just like, this is not worth it. This I is- think this time you've discarded the fucks. And if anything <laughs> happens... It's good, yes, and I think that's the way to approach it. It absolutely is, and this thing is, is so. It's everything about TikTok is so the opposite of mm. my approach, right? But I've also noticed like YouTube Shorts getting a lot of hits. YouTube, it's kind of weird. Like YouTube is pushing the Shorts so much. So this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm first of all, I'm putting up the old TikTok videos back on the new TikTok, mm-hmm. which is like you know TikTok.com/slash/operation puppet or at operation puppet or whatever the fuck it is. I'll put it in those show notes. It's all there. It's all in the link tree. You know where it is. Um, so I'm putting up every day. I'm putting up one of the older videos, and I had like 30 videos before yeah, I, yeah. I stopped. So there's plenty there. Um, some of it uh, was like sort of time dependent, so I'm not going to put them up. But some of them you know, are fine. Um, but I'm also shooting some new stuff. And what I've decided is like, I'm just going to fight my instincts. I'm, I'm going to shoot it and edit it on the phone. That's, yes. the, that's the one thing. It's yep. like, it's got to be done quickly. If I can't, I mean, cause I got to keep them under 60 seconds, mm-hmm. not for TikTok, but for YouTube shorts. Yes. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm shooting stuff for TikTok. That's also going up on Instagram reels and, and, YouTube, and shorts. YouTube shorts. Maximum exposure. That's what we're going for. Right. So... Shooting it on the phone, editing it on the phone, yep. which is a challenge. Let me tell you, I don't doubt it. Oh, it's not. It's not great. So I'm I'm trying to figure out ways of like being able to do my style of humor, but quickly and with just like the tools to hand kind of thing, and not set up the good camera and get the lights and get the whole thing, and just like just come up with a gag. And and do it immediately. And if I can't come up with a gag, I come up with a gag about not being able to come up with a gag. Right. That's- the one that I saw come across YouTube Shorts that had like over a thousand views was the Danger Honey one. It's weird. That's the only one that went for me viral. Yeah. And I have no idea why. There's there was no responses. There was nothing. I have. It was just we got YouTube, a lot of views. YouTube yeah. had well just because YouTube is so desperate to push shorts because they're trying to compete with TikTok that they'll just pick a thing every it, now and it then. It seems inscrutable. And, like they you have no like there's some sort of digital dartboard and as you, as that's exactly it. as a sliding scale of content comes across, they'll throw a dart <laughs> and then it just happened to hit that one. They're like this one. This one gets pushed into everyone's feed. Like, yeah, because Google's huge on A/B testing, where certain accounts will get this media mm-hmm. and other accounts will get this one. You're like, they're like, this guy goes to A, and then all the uh, accounts flagged <laughs> as A will see this, and so you can see this big spike in uh, in views, but you don't know why, and then it's yeah, not repeatable no, because the dart hasn't hit you again. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no like, I woke up that morning and Andrew was like on the Discord was like, have you looked at the views for the Danger Honey video? And I looked and it was like over a thousand. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I've never had any video go views over a thousand. Like, what is this? And then nothing else has hit. Everything else has been like two, three hundreds, you know. That's still not bad. It's still fine, but it's still, it's nowhere near that. Did you notice a spike in subscribers? 
At the same time? There's been a few more. There's been more than there usually is okay. when I'm not live streaming regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is that's one of the things that's kind of encouraging me to keep going with this is like there ha- like the numbers in general are, are going up. up and then right? you're also like it's it's translating into a certain amount of subscribers. Yeah, and and visits to the website. That's the big mm. thing because you know, as the, the whole point of phase two is trying to get people away from the Etsy store and to make Operation Puppet.com the destination. So that is, I mean, early indications. We've only been doing this for a few weeks. So who knows? Two weeks, technically. I don't have TikTok. How are the numbers there? It's it's hard to say. So they're in the couple of hundreds per okay. video. Okay, so, so similar to YouTube similar Shorts. Similar to YouTube Shorts, but faster. They get they get to that threshold faster. Oh, interesting. And the thing is, it's TikTok. Like, who who knows yeah. how many actual humans... It's even, <laughs> it's even more inscrutable than YouTube. Yeah, it's it's such a bizarre thing. But it's like, I, I think I've dialed in a way to be able... So I've got like... You know, I've got a stand in the studio that I've set up that I can just plop the phone in, shoot a quick thing. I still put like an external mic on it, so the audio is still good. Do you use a, like a ring light around the phone? Sometimes I do, sometimes yeah. I don't. Depends on like where this, literally where the sun is, you know, in relation to the day. And like, does it, I just look at it, does it look okay? Okay. If it doesn't look okay, I'll put a ring light there. But it's it's just being able to get them done quickly because that's the other thing since it's all just me doing this yeah i have to balance everything against everything else right so it's like i i could spend all day shooting video but i can't then i won't be building puppets <laughs> so well, it's, it's like, nice to see that the videos that you're 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 not not putting effort into them, but you're not putting all the effort Ooh. into them, and it's turning into a couple hundred views per video. Yeah, that's that's good. At least encouraging to keep on with the, the current formula. It's a trickle, but it's a it's a continual yeah. trickle, right? It's it's water dripping on stone. And like you right? said, as it's, long it's as it's that. driving people to the website, that's it. And the website numbers are definitely up. Excellent. And I'm sure it's it's it is actually up. Mostly from Instagram, which is interesting. Interesting, but because I'm doing more reels on Instagram yeah. because of this. So it's all it's again. All... And Facebook is trying to push reels because it's gonna it's gonna yeah. compete with uh, TikTok. So it's like that's, and I've kind of backed away from my whole. I feel icky about doing overt ads, that yeah. kind of thing, because like, well, these on the big platforms, like I don't do it on Mastodon. Yeah. Like I don't put any of these up on Mastodon. Yeah. I don't do anything on Mastodon anymore, to be honest. I read Mastodon and that's pretty much it. Same. But um, for the big platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, fuck them. I'm, I'll do, I'm a whore. I don't care. It's fine. It's, Whatever. Just get, get the people. It's, it's basically what the platforms are designed that's for. That's what it is, right? And that's how you kind of have to yeah. approach it. Yeah. And I've, I've finally kind of acquiesced to that. There, there's a point at which like my principles and my ethics are one thing, but keeping the lights on or another. So I just, I have to get the people right. And it's when, once I get the people, then they can come and it's like Scarlet said, Scarlet said on, on the discord, it's like you, you put it, you, you churn out the crap mm-hmm. that gets the people in and then they'll, they, you know, come for the crap, stay for the quality. Yeah. Right? Cause absolutely. there's plenty of good stuff. There's plenty yeah. of high quality stuff for them to participate in. Like, boom, boom. Hey, my own segue. 
The build streams are coming back. Hey! Starting this week, this Wednesday, I'll put it up on the Discord as an event, but we are starting the build streams again. Part of phase two, I don't have a plan yet. There is going to be a monetization plan. We talked about this last time, that YouTube has lowered the bar for for monetization. That will be coming. I do not meet the requirements yet. I have one metric to hit yet, and that is number of hours viewed, public hours viewed. Oh, okay. I'm like halfway. That's like 3,000 hours or something. I'm I'm halfway there. So I just got to put more stuff on YouTube. So among this is among the reasons why the bill streams are coming back because they always get good views. Um, so this Wednesday date uh, pending. Hang on, what is Wednesday? I don't. I need a calendar. Fifth, not July fifth. July fifth sounds right. Yes, yes. This Wednesday, July fifth at eleven a.m. Eastern time on Twitch and YouTube will be the next bill stream, and will be regular bill streams going forward for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's so. So other than that, I've been building puppets, and you've been <laughs> building some stunning puppets. So th- it's been pretty good. So since the last podcast, um, I don't remember actually if we talked about what happened to the commission. I don't remember. Oh no, we didn't. Um, we didn't? I, okay. I ended up because you talked about the commission, but I don't think you talked about right that it that, that it. So I was doing a commission for a client that was a reimagining of the very first uh, puppet that they had ever collected. Original puppet they had, yes. Um, Unfortunately, that client, who was a repeat client, um, ran into some financial uh, unexpected situations and couldn't afford to do it. It happens. Yeah, no, it absolutely happens. And it was completely understandable and it was no problem. I never asked for money up front. Yeah. This is among the reasons why I never asked for money up front. Um, So I was like, okay, no problem. I understand. Here's what I'm going to do. Because I had already built the character, um, I wanted to make sure that, like, because I know that they will be back. Yeah. Right? They, when their situation changes, they will be back for another attempt at this. And I didn't want to just stick that puppet up on the shop yeah. as it was. So I, I basically took a lot of it apart and rebuilt it as a completely different character. And now, so that is currently up on the direct shop as uh, an exclusive on the direct shop so that's the other thing i've started doing all the puppets that are on etsy are also on the direct shop and there are some on the direct shop that are only on the direct shop um and this is one of them um so that that happened (laughs) so i had to do that then i did the first uh eyebrow mech live hands monster i've done in a very long time looked like telly's cousin it kind of did and it, it sold immediately to a previous client um, on the direct shop? On uh, well, it was on the direct shop because it was before it was even listed. Oh wow! So. <laughs> yeah, so because uh, I I put it up on the socials and on Instagram, they saw it and was like, "Can I have that?" And because I said on the on the post, it's like, "If you want this before it gets listed," because I usually do my listings on Fridays. Yes, yes. So what I've been taking the habit of doing is going, well, if you want this before it gets listed, just message me and contact admin at operationpuppet.com. <laughs> wow, you know it. Well done. Um, and they did. And so currently the big blue monster never even got listed on the shop because it got snapped up before it got listed on the store. So it's currently flying to Germany. It is speak. stunning. It was pretty good. The I, the little nose, I think, was a great choice. You know what it was? It was the blue on blue. Yeah. Blue nose on yeah. the blue fur. 
that was when I when I first because usually when you do a puppet like that, you pick a contrasting color for the nose. Yeah. But this time I went. This sort of monochromatic thing is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because it was a very similar style puppet to ones I'd done a lot before. Yes. Um, but I, I always try and do something a little bit different. The blue bit. of the fur, though, is really good. It, it, was, it, it, it gave just, me strong Sesame Street it's blue a peacock, monster vibes. It was a very, yeah. very almost neonish peacock. Yeah. Was really nice. Um, I loved it. But it had a blue nose with it. And that's it, it, the thing that it really was popped. Like, and that's kind of what I aim for with every build. It's like you get to a point where it's like, okay, this you always want the first reaction of any build to be, oh, yeah, right? You want that moment. There's got to be something that kind of pushes it past the ordinary. Yes. Right? And Absolutely. that's what I aim for with every build. And let me tell you, I've built hundreds of puppets at this point. It's not easy, but... I hope to achieve that every time. Well, you've seen so many puppets that if you think, oh, that's interesting, it will probably be stronger in other people. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's old. And um, so today uh, I had uh, that was that got finished on Wednesday. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then I had scheduled two smalls. I ended up finishing both of them yesterday. That was a which was Thursday. A, a, a huge turnaround for two smalls. That was pretty good. Two days, two smalls. It was yeah. pretty good. Which, you know, it's an internet video you don't want to see. It's the new Fast and the Fur- Furious movie. Two days, two smalls. <laughs> um, so those, and they were both very, I think this is the other thing. The smalls were, in in terms of design, were actually a tribute to Don Celine era Muppet design. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted them to be very, very simple. Yes. I want all my puppets to be very, very simple. That's my thing is I just do very simple designs. I don't do complex things. I don't do caricatures. I don't do, you know, like a What if of... bowling pin but adorable? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And that was the funny thing, actually. The smalls end up being much cuter than I originally envisioned them. I originally envisioned them kind of creepier than they yeah. ended up being, which is which is what is fun when I do the Halloween builds and I get to do I live smalls, for the right? Halloween smalls because they always look so they, they look it's like coming soon it's coming soon they look like um adorable children in uh, universal monster costumes yes um so that's that's what i did uh so the two smalls are currently up on the on both shops if you want them go to the direct shop at operationpuppet.com because that's that's the better thing to do. Smalls are great smalls always sell that's the thing that's like, great that, I, I you know I do have to think about the income. Yeah. And so I do occasionally, instead of building what I would rather build, I do build things that I know will sell. Of course, I always build them to the best of my ability and and always end up with something that I like and that I want to put out in the world. Absolutely. No puppet goes up for sale that I personally don't like or that I personally wouldn't buy. That's my metric, right? If I wouldn't buy it, I don't sell it. That's, That's my bottom line. But Greeblies do well, too. Greeblies do well. And if there's still one Greebly available, I should probably do some more. But um, the Smalls, Smalls at, on the low end. and I mean, if you can knock them out in a day, that's that's good that's investment put, on it time. Is, it is kind of pushing it. But I do, again, I do them in batches of two. Yeah. Right? Like Songs, I do in batches of four. Smalls and Greeblies, I do in batches of two. Um, and then live hands monsters are always like that's the better part of a week. That's that's like a, a bespoke yeah. model. Even even though you've got patterns for it, there's a lot. Well, of... that's it. Patterns ultimately patterns are just helpers. Yeah, like they don't 
they don't really cut down on time. The larger the, the <laughs> puppet, the larger the pattern, the more work that goes yeah. in, the more cutting, the more sewing. To quote... The more hand sewing. To quote George, uh, George Clinton, the bigger the headache, the bigger the pill. Mm. Hey, we got a Parliament Funkadelic quote there we in go. the podcast. Pretty good. Um, so that's what's been going on. Do I have what else is in the show notes? I, I actually haven't looked. That, that, for the puppet pit, that was it. The blue live hands, monsters, and the two smalls. Right, cool. uh, you hadn't put in the uh, build streams returning, so you should add that to the I notes. I should probably add that to the with show a notes. link to uh, possibly build, the YouTube to live show notes build streams. Return. I can't spell return. Return. Hey, that's that, that looks right. I, I'm watching him edit it live on my iPad. <laughs> I'll add the link later. So there we go. It's great news, though. Oof. Like it's great that you're getting engagement. It, it'd be great if it was bigger engagement, but any engagement's good engagement. Well, and this is the thing. It's like what what I I have to focus on is like just what what do the people want, right? And eyeballs want- are eyeballs, and Frankie wants eyeballs. That's true. Um, the other thing I want to do. And and this is part and parcel with the whole phase two thing. It's like, yes, I have to focus on doing stuff that, you know, will bring in the eyeballs. Yeah. Excuse me, absolutely. But I because I just have to focus on generating quote unquote content, um, I also want to generate content that I enjoy. Yeah. Right? You, like you don't want to put anything out that you're going, Oh God. You don't want to be crusty the clown. Yeah. Looking at yourself exactly. uh, five years from now going, Oh God, I can't believe I did that. So part and parcel with that is the stuff that I always enjoy doing but don't necessarily get the best views mm-hmm. are like the Frankie Play streams, for example. That's yeah. one of the reasons I stopped doing them was because, well, there's just not that much return on investment with that. <clears throat> but you know what? I don't care. I, I got to put stuff out and stuff is stuff. Content is content. So, and, and new Diablo is getting a lot of eyeballs. I think that's... I think, Diablo 4 is I think we're, we're on the cusp hot here. on Twitch. So I think maybe since it's a long weekend, I'm thinking... I'm not making any promises right now because we'll have to see because tomorrow... Cause the day after podcast day is always kind of rough for me because I usually stay up late. My, my Saturday is spoken <laughs> for, but I could carve out Sunday at some All point. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. There may be some Frankie play in the near future, and if not, definitely soon. But like I said, Diablo 4, brand new, super hot for viewers. And I yeah. mean, if even if you get... I mess what I'm playing. So, yeah. I mean, know, it, it, it's it's low effort to uh, the, it the, really is. to pivot to that. Um, so yeah, Frankie Play is an all along with the build streams. Frankie Play is coming back because that is something that although doesn't bring in a lot of viewers, I still enjoy doing, and it's still content. Yeah. Ultimately, it's still Absolutely. stuff on the internet, and there may be one or two people, and that's my numbers don't have to be big. That's the beautiful thing about where I am in this is that I just need. Some people, I don't need all of the people. Kids love VTubers and Diablo. The VTubers. Everybody loves the VTubers. All right. We're going to take another actual break because my my voice is cracking and I got a lot more talking to do. I've been screaming at wrestling, so my voice is is tenuous at best. (laughs) Great. We're both going to sound like Frankie by the end of this. All right. We're going to take another quick break and we will be back with Gizmo Town. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. 
Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. Let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> Do you still have the ally? Look, uh, so it's a complicated answer. Here we are in Gizmo Town, starting, of course, as always, with the Deck Nook. The Deck Nook. I saw that apparently somebody at Asus put out a lot of uh, information about uh, hardware issues and other perceived hardware issues in the Discord, the ROG Ally Discord. Like they broke down like <laughs> stick drift and uh, so yeah um, the we talked about some of this the on firmware oh uh, yeah on the last podcast there was there, so there was definitely a performance drop between the pre-release firmware and the post-release firmware but then there was a driver package that came out that brought the the performance back up to almost in theory that is not what other people's numbers have shown oh really yeah. oh okay, so okay I, i'm just so... i'm just going by an article <laughs> i was seeing earlier so of course now and this is I, I wanna I need to I need to like sort of dial back all of the the freak outedness because like it's the internet. The, <laughs> yeah, the right? discord so, surrounding the ROG ally seems to be a little one sided to the negative. Well, yeah. Um and and because it's the internet, <laughs> right? So <clears throat> Every we talked about this before. Every yeah. new product is going to have problems. Every Abs- first generation absolutely. product is going to have problems. And so, as an early adopter and as somebody who's used to being an early adopter, I expected problems. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of like, how much am I willing to can, take? How much am I willing to? Can, work can you this? manage to skirt yeah. the bulk of the problems for your use case? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, there have been plenty of hardware issues reported yes. with the Ally. I won the early adopter lottery. I had none of the problems. Thankfully, I knew what they were all. They all were. There were uh, stick dead zones. The left stick would not register horizontal input sometimes. So stick dead zones seems to be an armory crate issue. That is definitely an armory crate issue. Someone that was is, saying that software if they that. load up Steam and then apply a controller profile via Steam, yep. there is no dead zone. But yep. as soon as you launch a game, an armory crate kicks in. Dead zones reappear. Yep, absolutely. So, so that that software or whatever that's you know again this happens right. It's like it and there's no and this is one of the things that people don't get. It's like you can do all of the internal testing in the world. QA I, isn't going to get like human beings touching your product. Yeah. is where things fall apart. The only way products get better. <laughs> is by releasing a bad thing, yes. getting it out into the public because there's a there is a, uh, an economy of scale yep. here. There is you you cannot do there isn't enough money to do enough internal testing to cover every possible use case. Building a dozen for your internal QA team yep. does not is not the same as building hundred thousand to put to ship to stores to people. Exactly. So you do not know the full picture mm-hmm. until this gets out into the public. Even the act of shipping, um, the, the one unit might go through a particularly rough shipment, yep. and like the battery connector comes off. Some and that- of the DOA, like the, the whole, there was a, an initial kind of um, thing shaping up that was like people were afraid that their units were DOA, right? 
And it's like, well, that turns out to be most of them were fine. Yeah. And a couple got bashed around the shipping because the boxes were kind of stupid and didn't have any padding. Yeah. And some of the shippers bashed them around. But that was it. That was all that was. That was not like a hardware fault. That no. was just like crappy shipping. Um, so, yes, there were hardware issues. Now, this happens with every product, as we have said before. The Steam Deck had a disastrous launch. If it, you actually go back and look at how it, it launched, it, it was, was not great. Yeah, it was not great. Um, so, of course, I've been keeping track of all of this stuff. And again, I won the early adopter lottery. So I've been doing like sort of metrics because I decided, as we talked about last time, that I was I was having this as a review unit yeah. for the podcast. And so I was keeping track of all of the problems that people were having Am I having this problem? No. Am I having this problem? No. Is this problem? Yes. Okay. So I was looking at ways to to compensate for the problems if they occurred. Could I fix it? Could I not fix yeah. it? All that kind of stuff. Thankfully, I didn't encounter any of the actual issues. And I kept having these kind of points of like, okay, if this works, I'll keep it. If this doesn't work, I'll send it back. And that happened several times. Every single time, it worked fine. Yeah. Right. So it was like, I did the, uh, the one of the big issues that people encountered early on was um, they would take it out of the box and they would immediately jam their two terabyte hard drive in it before doing anything else. Yeah. They, they would crack it open, put the two terabyte hard drive in and then try to do the Asus Cloud Restore. This is literally even before the product officially launched. And, uh, the, and the servers, servers were, were completely... bad. And so they would not be able to complete the hard, the, yeah. the cloud restore process, which actually is really cool. I the think the cloud restore that. actually has a bunch of different prompts to go through too. And some people, it sounded like weren't patient enough. The, one of the, one of the big problems. And because I, I've done this twice now with the ally mm-hmm. with the cloud restore is that you just have to let it sit. Yeah. And when you, even if a prompt comes up, don't touch it. Yeah. Because like it's literally it is not a refined process. It is literally what they would go through at the factory to yeah. set this thing up. Yeah. Right? So it's not user friendly. It is it is a bunch of weird arcane cryptic windows prompts that like are going into the guts at, yeah. at like command system level. It's slipstreaming in drivers, yeah. everything. So, so that was one thing. People were just bailing too quickly, yeah. like hitting a thing and didn't realize what they were hitting and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so that that always worked fine for me. Everything worked fine for me. And then Monday happened. Is is this the actual <laughs> hardware problem that is actually causing people like to lose? Suddenly. Uh, particularly on the subreddit, but also on the subreddit, the, on the Discord, Discord yeah. attached to the subreddit, um, people start having SD card yes, reader this is it. failures. Yep. That suddenly they wouldn't read their SD card anymore. It would it would just be blank or not yeah. reporting size right. And then that same SD card wouldn't be able to be read in any other yeah. device. It was killing SD, SD cards, cards, literally eating them. Yeah. Um, now, there some people have had success in being able to recover them, but they have to go through extreme lengths, like rewriting the boot record, yes. like all that, like really digging into the the, the per bit level. Yes, not uh, not not a user friendly GUI yeah, tool to not, bring back no. an SD card. Um, so so you know SD 
card apocalypse started to build really fast um, last Monday. Yeah. It was kind of when it hit. And it was interesting because that was right after the driver release mm-hmm. for the video driver that was supposed to bring, supposed the thing to bring back up to bring performance back up pre uh, 3.19 um, uh, firmware yeah. uh, performance levels. So I'm keeping my eye on all this. Now, since between the time that I had my ally and that happened, I had done the two terabyte um, uh, upgrade. Yeah, the M2. So drive I wasn't update. even using an SD card. Yeah. Right. So I this did not affect me at all because I like I had every game that I'm currently playing or thinking about playing on my hard drive, and I didn't even have an SD card in it. Like mm-hmm. it was just, and it wasn't even half full yet. Right. So it was like, well, well I'm good. So you know, whatever. Um, but I kept my eye on it, of course, yes. because again, I was treating it like a review unit. And I mean, at some point, you might end up with an SD card in it, and it, yeah. it, it could end up being a problem. So as time went on, it became clearer and clearer. And again, the only response that was from ASUS was, "Oh, hey, we've heard there might be a problem." Okay, well, at least they're aware that there's a thing that exists. Yes. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, but. They, you know, they never confirmed the it's, it's the, the subreddit has postulated on the problem t- again. The armchair de- um, um, detectives get involved and start going. Well, one of the problems, of course, and the thing about the ally in general is that it does get hot. Yes, I mean that that processor in general gets hot. The Z1 Extreme is yeah. known for running hot. So, so the, the position of the SD card slot right is, in between, is, right next to one right of the right next to an exhaust, yeah, uh, for one of the heat sink, for one of the fans. So it's blowing hot air out there all the time, and and the 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 heat sinks are radiating heat in every yeah. direction. It's not just out that that uh, port, yeah. So so the pattern started emerging that the people who were mostly having SD card problems were the people who were keeping it plugged in most of the time and running so in 30 they were watt running tur- turbo, turbo mode, mode, yeah. And therefore generating upwards of 90 degrees of heat. And running all the time. All the time for yeah. hours and hours, yeah. right? And so this was not something I was ever going to face. Because it, it, I never, I never ran Literally, it, it was likely cooking the SD card. Yeah, literally frying like, SD way cards. Way outside the uh, the heat band for a SD card. The the thermal rating for that SD card reader apparently was 70 degrees. Ooh. Yeah. And, and so. It's going to be like 90 <laughs> for an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's, bad things are going to happen. It was a now, Christmas turkey. So, of course, people started going, well, here's, and and this led to a whole really interesting exploration of like, well, one of the problems with the Ally in general is that it runs hot. It doesn't have to. The fan curves on the on the default settings this are is, tuned way too low. This is something Valve went through. Yeah. They their their fan curves were really poor. There was not enough in the middle, so it would either run really hot and quiet or really loud and cold. Yeah. Um and they did a lot of firmware update tweaks to bring that middle fan curve up so it would run more at the low and middle to keep it cool. And yeah. then when it went to the top, it didn't run it as hard to try to bring the noise down and also keep the heat in a certain band. Yeah. And this is the balance that the, yes. the, the people are always, they're always looking for like, well, we don't want it to be too loud, but we also can't let it get too hot. This so. is a year plus of having the product in people's hands. Yeah, that exactly. Valve ended up tuning these curves. 
On the Ally, on the other hand, this thing is a, it's a new processor. Oh, two it's weeks? A, everything about this is new. Two right. weeks out? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they don't have any sort of real this world is the feedback. Test. Yeah. This right? <laughs> is the thing. So, the, the, obviously, what was happening was people were, were keeping it docked and they were running, it was running hot and the fan curves are tuned too low. Now, there is a setting where you can go in and you can just make your own fan curves. And you can decide what wattage it runs at mm-hmm. and what fans, what, what temperature the fans kick in at, at what speed. And you can do all that. So people got it tuned yeah. so that you could run it at full wattage and still keep it under like 70 degrees and it was fine, right? It would just run the fans more often. It would be a bit louder. Oh, well. Those fans are pretty darn quiet anyway. Yeah. So it was fine. Everything everything would have been fine if the fan curves was better out were, of the were box. better, yeah. right? But they weren't. <laughs> so and also like a little captain tape or some sort of thermal barrier <laughs> yeah exactly a shield a shield yeah. kind of heat sink some kind of shield some kind of so anything in between yeah. like because captain tape doesn't transmit heat uh, it's what people use when they're uh, recapping old motherboards that have right. chips that are very heat sensitive you put a little captain tape in between the uh, the heat gun that you're you're putting on a, a component and the chip that's right beside it and the captain tape doesn't transmit the heat through it right so something like that on the SD card or in between or like a little shield would keep the heat from bleeding over to that spot yep like the, one there's, of, there's like little thin thermal pads you can get there's all kinds of things you can do to dispense heat you would think right. they'd look at it with a thermal like camera to see what's getting hot where well this is the other side of it so when this all went down i'm like oh crap so uh, although none of this stuff actually affected me and my unit run fine yeah yeah no problem i was playing on it every day no problem for hours and hours i sometimes would plug it in sometimes they wouldn't yeah but because i knew all of this because i'm aware of all these things because i was paying attention and i knew how to like i could tune my own fan curves all that kind of stuff i always kept it cool enough that no problems would happen i would always get a great frame rate everything looked great everything ran great it was no no problem at all yeah but because of all of this going down i'm like i gotta pay attention to this right And I was like, okay, at the point where this all happened, um, I'm like, uh, do I need to deal with any of this anymore, <laughs> right? Um, because it was there was a level of anxiety <laughs> that was associated with this, of having to pay attention to all this stuff every single day. Yeah. New crap was coming down the line, and it's like, Hmm. Well, this this is also the problem with being the beta tester for a product. Well, and and this is the thing that we kind of got into on the Discord a little bit, because um, somebody on the Discord asked, like, why would you put yourself through this? Yeah. Like, why would you? And and and, and I, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. I backed it off, but it's like there there is a point yes. <clears throat> to all of this, and it's that early adopters like me, mm-hmm. we know what we're doing. Yeah. Like we do this because we know that there may be problems but we want to be in on the ground floor so that we can find the problems and the problems therefore can get reported and and passed up i have chain. i have beta tested software uh yeah I, I think there was an age of empires i got an early access to so i could report on forums what the the bugs were i i remember running um 
unreleased versions of Winamp for uh, various <laughs> things that I was uh, actively reporting bugs for. You do it because you want, like, the product is something you like and you want it to be better. And it's, it goes even further than that. I think, you know, I keep thinking of, like, there, there is really a philosophical foundation mm-hmm. to this. And, and what it is, people kind of forget that one of the early cyberpunk philosophers, before cyberpunk was even a genre, when it was a political movement, literally a political mm-hmm. movement, was Timothy Leary. Yeah. And, and, you know, the famous LSD guru from the 60s, Timothy Leary, he transitioned to the computer age pretty darn well. Yeah. And very interestingly, and he, I, I saw an interview with him once and he had this quote, and I will always remember this. And because it is, as time goes on, this just becomes more and more relevant. Yeah. And he said, like, we live in an age of screens. We interface with our world through a screen. Mm-hmm doesn't matter what configuration that screen is in. He was talking about film and TV. Yes. But this is even more true now. Yeah. And so he said, if you don't control what's happening on your screen, you are being controlled by the people who do control what's happening on your screen. And maybe they're good people, but maybe they're not. Yeah. And if you don't know how it all works then you are at their mercy. And that's not a good place to be. And that's that's the algorithm, right? That's what all of this is. That's yeah. what the venture capitalists want. That's yeah. what it's it all feeds back into this. So if you take control and if you understand how these things work, and if you dig into the guts and you are willing to put yourself on the front lines and go Here's something new. Here's something interesting. It's probably not going to work right, but I'm going to try it anyway, and I'm going to tell them what's wrong and what's right. Yep. Right? That is uh, an important job to do. Well, you're making the next version better for everyone who wants to get and, it. You know, the, the example this person gave was like, oh, I'll use a switch. And it's like, yeah, but a switch doesn't happen in a vacuum. No. Right? The switch succeeded because the Wii U failed. Yes. Guess who owned a Wii U? Well, I mean, it's this also, <laughs> so it, it goes back to the DS. Like, the, the, a lot of what they've tried in various handhelds will end up getting pushed up into yeah. the Switch. Um, the the Wii, the Wii U, all that stuff happened. So it's it's like Steam Machines. It's like the Steam Controller. Yeah. Valve tried all these things. They tried out Linux uh, Steam Machines. They tried out a uh, custom haptic controller. They tried out all these things that didn't necessarily fly, but their DNA is now in the Steam yeah. Deck. And they had a head start on those haptic touchpads because they had haptic inputs on the Steam Controller. Mm-hmm. And they had a big head start on Linux running Steam games because Steam Machines happened. So all of that fed into the Steam Deck, which is where they were positioned maybe a little bit better than you know any other... Yeah. random hardware company putting out a similar unit because they have they they knocked the corners off of a lot of what the thing was based on. And all of this is based on user input. It's yeah. not about internal testing. Yep. You there aren't there isn't enough money in the world to do enough internal testing. You cannot and every every quote unquote content creator will tell you you don't know until you release it into the wild what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I've been making websites for a couple of decades. You don't know what's going to happen until you release it out into the wild and then let the general public add it because they will think of things that you will never have thought of. 
and uh, all the internal work in the world isn't going to cover these things. So you need the early adopters. Early, if you know an early adopter, buy him a pizza. I, <laughs> I, I remember a lifetime ago when I was in software development that I was developing. I was doing some data entry front end to a database, and it, it you know it asked for name, address, and telephone number, and I asked my dad to come and, and test it. And he started filling the telephone number with alphanumeric characters and uh, submitted it, and the whole thing fell over. I'm like, why would you do that? And he's like, why would anyone just yeah. enter a yeah. telephone mm-hmm. number? Like, you gotta, you got to make sure you're sanitizing your inputs to prevent people from uh, d- trying to overflow your fields and stuff. So. And, of course, there's, there's, a, there's a double-edged sword here, mm. right? Because we, we, we do the testing so we can make things more intuitive and easier for yeah. people to use. But that the end result of that are is like an entire generation of people who don't know how things work. Yeah, right? yeah, they're, they're um, just, and the, we're we're kind of at that point. The now. slab of glass is, yeah. is nearly perfect, and they don't have to worry about the the corners that we all sanded off of. Exactly. So, so I think that's that's kind of if I if I have any message about all of this, it is that it's like it is it is good and healthy and important and empowering to to find out how your tech works and, are, and to dig in, to dig under the guts and don't be afraid to get your hands dirty because uh, yeah, it's scary, but you also have a brain that's evolved over 2 million years and you can use it for lots of stuff. Are having to go through all of the hoops to get computer, anything working yeah. from the eighties through the nineties to now like, um, a DOS boot disc. <laughs> in order to load the right drivers so you could play a game that just barely worked in the amount of RAM you had. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't have to do this anymore. People have so much RAM, they don't even know what RAM is. It's just a thing that, ha- that the computer is full of that, they, you know, they don't have to worry about. Yeah. Um, and these are all things that we've had to go through, like just trying to make this house of cards work long enough that you could play a video game. Um, and we, like, I take it for granted that we've gone through this, but that my nephew doesn't know anything other than yeah. uh, this computer turns on in under three seconds and has access to it in an internet that I hadn't dreamed of in 1992. And, you know, part of it is like, I don't want to, I don't want to come across all like, you know, old man yells at cloud, like, ah, kids today, you don't know what, no, you know, but, but it, it, what you have took millions of iterations. Yes. And it's the people that bought it, like the people who bought the first iPhone and are like, what do you mean I can't install apps on this? What, think, what the hell's the point of this? Yeah. And then now there's an app store and, and and all that. I think the point is we haven't stopped. No. Like, there's no. no. This isn't an end point. You young people out there now, you are making the next generation. You have to know how this stuff works. Otherwise, it's all going to end. Yeah. Right? So it's like the, we've, we've trained people to stop thinking. So... That you know what what the system quote unquote the system wants is for people to not think to just consume, but that's when it becomes the the impetus of the individual to take control and go. I am going to engage. I am going to learn. Yeah. I am going to you know dig under the hood. So it sounds like they're starting to offer RMAs for <laughs> units that are eating SD so to cards. Back, yeah, to go back to the subject, um, what I decided was. So although my unit worked fine, yeah. no problem, I was enjoying using it, despite the level of anxiety that was around all of this stuff happening every day, 
I still felt like there was a ticking time bomb sitting mm. on my desk, right? And I didn't want to be in the position of having to, to, to do all this stuff just in case I ever wanted to insert an SD card. Yeah. Because like a one terabyte SD card is still like 200 bucks. It's not right? insignificant. So, like like yeah. the two terabyte internal drive costs about as much as a one terabyte external drive, yeah. like a SD card. So, so it's like, nah, I don't know. So I, I went and I said this on our Discord. It's like, I'm going to wait to see what the official response is to mm-hmm. this SD card situation. And if I don't like what they have to say... It's going back because yeah. my my return window is still open. Well, they had an official response, and it was not the worst. Yeah, but pretty flaccid. Yeah, it was. Well, golly, all of all our, our internal testing shows it's operating within specs. Could you <sighs> RMA the things that are failing, and yeah. we'll take a look at them. They need to get ahead of it and say, we're looking at like a hardware rev change. Yeah. And they might, like in a perfect world, say we will take back all of the these first rev units that are, are running problematic and yeah. we'll supply you with it's, the fir- the hardware change that, that moves, relocates the slot to the bottom or something. So the speculation, and I, I repeat, this is pure speculation, yes. but it is highly probable that it is the heat that's the problem. Yes. If it's the heat that's the problem, um, the fan curve thing is only a temporary Band-Aid solution. Relocate right? the slot. This needs a hardware revision. Yes, it would, it would have to be like the, the Ally 1B. Yeah. So that means the big R recall. Yeah. And I guarantee there were meetings between marketing and finance that went, we stand to lose X amount of money if we do a recall, but if we just let people RMA the ones that aren't working because they're using an SD card with the thing plugged in for three hours, then we only stand to lose X amount of money. So but we're if it's not, not going if to. If they haven't relocated the, the SD card, all they're going to do is hand someone a unit that's going to kill the next SD yeah, card. Exactly. But. This is part of how that works, right? That, that there, there is a brutal calculus that companies yes. run to say, is it more expensive to go through lawsuits or yeah. is it more expensive to recall? And most car manufacturers in the, the, the 2000s went through the, you know what? Let people sue us because that'll be cheaper than doing a, a recall exactly. on like 100 million cars. Yay, capitalism. It's <laughs> what it comes down to. It's real bad. So do that's... Not, do not talk to insurance adjusters. No. Like if you make <laughs> friends with an insurance adjuster, do not ask them about their day job because they will tell you horrifying things about cars you thought were safe. Yep. Uh, so I wasn't happy. Mm. So since I got done all of my work yesterday that I had planned on doing for yesterday and today, Mm -hmm. I had today free. So this morning I took a little trip to Best Buy. Gotcha. (laughs) And we are now a deck only household. I I mean, (laughs) it went back. I really hope that's the test for andrew yeah yeah <laughs> dude does uh does kevin still have a uh, raw ally how's your ally kevin um the uh it would have been great if they had have gotten a like a, a release that didn't have something like this it's really interesting so so not not apropos of nothing but um the steam deck's on sale 
That is a good point. Ten percent off the cheapest one, which brings it down to four forty nine Canadian. Yeah, and twenty percent off the I mean, top end. Obviously, the, the, because it's the Steam Summer Sale, it just all lined up. But um, wow, what a good time for the Steam Deck to be on sale. The, the the thing to think about is this is the thing they found first. There's yeah. possibly more swimming in this particular murky pond and that we it, don't know. What it really is is their reach exceeded their grasp, right? It really <sighs> is that. It was it, so many things about the ally are very very good. So what they launched with, like their all their announcements and the videos and everything really gave me this is kind of too good to be true. Yeah. And, and some of it was, but some of it wasn't. Some of it was genuinely it, like, okay, this is this is cool. This it was like, shoot for the moon stuff. Yeah. But it was almost guaranteed that something like the SD card yeah. getting fried or... There's always a sting in the tail. Bad batch yeah. of RAM. Like, the, yeah. the, it could have been anything. Um, but yeah, that's... <sighs> so there we go. The ally is... I don't know. I don't know where it goes from here. Keep an um, eye. So like... Um, if you watch Russ, he's been looking at a lot of other Windows handhelds recently. He's yeah. been reviewing them. And they're all incredibly expensive because mm-hmm. they're from Ion Neo or um, from AN, um, AYN. And it, since they're not huge companies like Asus, it costs them a lot more to produce. Yeah. So like a really good Ion Neo, is it? I can't remember if it's the Geek. Um, the the newest version, if you want the version that has like a terabyte of uh, of storage and the most RAM, it's like $1,500. Yeah. Like, that's not... Like, $499 to Steam Deck, it's, it's not insignificant, but it's also not a computer outlay. You could, you could yeah. across a couple months, save up enough to purchase one. Whereas $1,500 is a computer like that is a full desktop computer with a really nice graphics card and it's not significantly better than steam deck no so that's that's the kind of the bottom line i think is like if someone were to ask me you know if if somebody didn't have a handheld yes what i said last time was if you have a steam deck and you're happy with the steam Deck, you don't need an ally if you don't have a handheld it really depends on what your needs are, Absolutely. right? And what you're willing to Absolutely. do. At this point, now, my revised recommendation is Steam Deck. Because so, because there's so many problems with the Ally. Mm-hmm. You could roll the dice and you could win. Yeah. And if you do, it's fantastic. Yeah. But if you don't, it's a huge headache. Steam Deck uh, OS or firmware 3.5 is very close and that's the one they're supposed to include the ability to boot into Windows without using some sort of multi-boot system. Oh, yeah. Like there will be an in, in BIOS um, OS switcher which makes dual booting a deck a lot easier because right now you have to use one of three different open source projects that Every so often, Isn't fall like a over grub boot loader. It, it's it's they're like grub likes, right. um, but uh, I I I'm on enough Steam Deck subreddits and and now not subreddits <laughs> that there are people like you know what it just failed over to Steam OS and I can't boot back like the 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 the, the, the recommended install or a fix is reinstall and hope <laughs> that the Windows partition is still there. 
So it's it's still a little yeah. nebulous for dual booting the deck, but this, the OS 3.5 is supposed to give you better tools for dual booting it. And the other thing is, like, yeah, the really only clear recommendation at this point is Steam Deck. But even then, you need to know something going in. Now, thankfully, again, I'm comfortable in Linux. I'm, you know, I, you are always with any of these things because we're so early on in yeah. this form factor. We, you always got to know something going in. You do, I will say, you do have to do less fuckery with the Steam Deck yes. than you did with the Ally. Well, and there's also a lot of uh, tools. Like yeah. Retro Game Core has got an entire website for the Steam Deck, like an entire like blog post just on things to do for the Steam Deck and how to get around like desktop mode. And, yeah. and every open source project for the Steam Deck includes do this, 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 and this yeah. in desktop mode. So you don't even really have to understand what you're doing. Yeah. You just have to follow the steps and then you've got the thing. Because I just realized I now have a two terabyte because I didn't, I swapped the, obviously I swapped the drive back and forth yes. and returned it. So I've got this two terabyte NVMe drive sitting there. That's good for the Steam Deck. So I've already got a one terabyte in the Steam Deck and mm. I've got a one terabyte SD card in the Steam Deck. And I've been I've been I'm looking even, at a one terabyte uh, SD card for the Steam Deck, but I'm waiting for the price to drop. I'm not even like I I don't play that many games, so like my hard drive, like my one terabyte hard drive on the Steam Deck is just about half full. Just shaders, yeah, so, basically. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm okay actually. I don't really need it. so anyway. Um, I think the probably the final the final recommendation or the final word on all this is like, what have I learned? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, um, and, and would I, would I do it again? Am I happy that this happened? Like, was the, and you know what? Yeah, I absolutely would do this again. And I will do this again because there is a point to being an early adopter. And it's what we talked about. And, and things the, like this don't dissuade an early adopter. You yeah, go in. No, a, this is part of the game. You this don't is, expect to have to return something but it's in the back of your mind like yeah. this could not work out and that's why i was yeah. paying attention to all this stuff yep. before my return window closed because i knew there was never any risk Absolutely. there was never like you know i was never gonna like lose my money it was it was just me going through this experience and the thing is i learned stuff yeah through all of this yeah i now know more than i did before this happened that is and that's value that's unbelievable there's there's no dollar value you can put on that kind of thing because it's knowledge and all knowledge is valuable so one thing i'll know, say is that if a steam deck gets you starting to learn linux that is incredibly oh, valuable. So good, so good. Because most people only really know Windows and just the surface of Windows. And if you get into like Linux with a Steam Deck, yeah. you are going to have skills that translate to a bunch of different technical um, jobs down the road. Yeah. Like a lot of web development or uh, managing of, of web resources is done via Linux. Um, and this, yeah, and this knowing is what that, gives you a taste. Then, then by all means, absolutely go, go dive. It. But it's 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 definitely it's a really interesting time because there's a lot of these handhelds starting to crop up, and it's only a matter of time till someone a really hits a home run and b gets the price point right. Well, isn't like the Steam Deck sale currently? It's like the number one thing. It, <laughs> it, it, it is the the Steam Deck currently is the number one seller on the summer sale. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which is mind blowing. Now, you know, numbers are numbers, right? Yeah, so yeah, of yeah. course because it's a $400 thing versus a $2 yep. game, yep. right? Of course it's going to be number one. But 
it's, still, that's a good indication of like... The more people with Steam Deck in their hands, the better the Steam Deck will be for everybody. I've I've rarely seen anybody talking about a bad experience with their Steam Deck. That is the thing, right? It's like... Any, anything that I've read is, I have done this to my Steam Deck and it blew up in my face. Yeah. Like, anyone who gets a stock <laughs> Steam Deck and just uses it yeah. is fine. It's the people who are like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put in an OLED screen and then <laughs> I have regrets. So there we go. That's the, the saga of the Asus ally. That was a come to sizable a deck nook. That was quite the deck nook. We, it's the biggest nook yet. We haven't had a, a nook this It's big. a deck crevasse. It really is. Wow. Look at the time. Okay. Moving on. I want Jamie to take this because I have so much talking. There is so much talking. What is next, Jamie? Hey, uh, did you know that Reddit is still on fire? They want you to think it's not, <laughs> I, I but it is. That. I actually did know that. Um, so they have basically forced a lot of subreddits to reopen. And any of the ones that are still closed, they have let them know that they are going to replace <laughs> the moderator teams and reopen them. What force. could go wrong? Um, some of them came back and went not safe for work, which means that they weren't able to run ad- Reddit couldn't run ads on the subreddits. Yep. Um, some of them came back and I think picks and a couple others are still only talking about, uh, John Oliver. John Oliver. Um, so, I mean, there's still like a white mutiny happening, but, um, Reddit is, is going down the shitter. They live and die by what, unpaid people post on their platform and they're making unpaid people feel like and shit. I think that is the, the difference between this and what happened to Twitter is that like Twitter is it, it is like the moderation is not is on Twitter's is end. on Twitter's yes. end and then this it's like everybody what the fuck do Reddit employees do? They they make, they, they make <laughs> adjustments to the software. Like the actual content what? and moderation of the content is all on unpaid volunteers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have been really submerging myself in federated Reddit replacements. Mm-hmm. I started off with Lemmy. Uh, but Based on the name alone. Lemmy is a little on fire <laughs> Only a little on fire they <laughs> so it's great because there are all these incredibly like built up like there's uh oh what is the name of it um b b e h a w is the name of the the thing bha.org b e e h a w um and it is like strictly uh, LGBTQ friendly, no down votes allowed. Um, you can't create sub like catalogs on it. They make them and then people populate them. So like everything is really locked down and people are like, that is terrifying because like we have no say in what we talk about. It has to fit in one of their containers. Right. But other people are like, no, this is great because we don't have to worry about people spinning up the R the Donald and <laughs> and going to town on that hmm. and the one that i chose was uh shit just works which is located right, in right. canada it runs off of um sustainable power uh it's all owned by the admin but the admin he's not a libertarian but he's very 
I let the people come in and do what they want. It's mm. not it's not open registration, but they don't require an email. There was the captcha to try to prevent bots. Like they implemented capture requirements yeah. to prevent the the because people were creating thousands of accounts on these open <laughs> ones. Um and somebody created the Donald on it. And they Im- immediately got defederated by a bunch, including Beha. And now there's this Lemmy holy war of we don't like the Donald, but the one person posting there, who cares? We just ignore him. And then there's the other side of saying by letting the Donald exist there, Mm. you're not condemning Nazis, which means you're endorsing Nazis. So this is similar to the conversation that's happening with the whole meta. Entering into the the Fediverse yes. thing happening right now with there's been a lot of drama in the Fediverse lately. So there's no good side on this. Like it, both sides are mm. extremely not into each other, and the only solution is defederation, which means you cannot access anything on that server. Yeah, and anything you did, like so now there's all these zombie instances. Of Bihaw, like our technology, that people can still post into it, but no one on Bihaw sees it. And it's this little shit just works echo chamber where they're just posting these threads in this big empty room that's no longer the thing. And they're not getting new stuff in it, but it's still there. It's really weird. That's, that is weird. So there's no, on, on, I guess I'm not quite understanding how it works because like on Mastodon, for example, if some, if one server defederates another, you could still directly follow another person. In, in, in Lemmy, when you defederate, you take your ball and leave. Okay. Whatever's left, like, cause, cause when you talk to another server, you pull little bits of it into your own so you can right. access it locally. So those little bits are still hanging there. It's not like the, that, that entire catalog disappears. The remains of it are there and you could still post into this thing, but no one over there sees it. Okay. Um, and defederation is the nuclear option. Right. But there's no content moderation ability in Lemmy yet like you can't block just that instance I see on a server level so if you don't like the Donald on shit just works your options are every user goes over there and blocks it gotcha or you defederate there's no server level content block which they need to implement but the problem is that Lemmy is growing exponentially <laughs> and the software development is going at the same pace. Right. Uh, so they're finding all these pinch points and it is extremely problematic. So I, I, I don't mind like the, the, the admin on shit just works created this Roman, uh, Senate thing where people can vote on oh, federation, defederation, <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that came up was it smells a little musky only people that are on this instance should be able to vote and then people were like no people on any instance should be able to vote and it immediately turned into a a <laughs> roman forum of people yelling at other people 
so I mean, it, the guy had like I, I want you guys to influence how we do this thing, which I think was from a I want this place to be better for everyone, and it immediately turned into uh, a, a PTA meeting of going, why are we spending eight dollars on pencils? <laughs> um, and I'm like, there has to be a better way because yeah. I would load up my my Lemmy timeline for just my things I'm subscribed to. And the top 15 things were all, this is what's happening and shit just works this week. And I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> why? I came here to get away from drama. So I'm like, well, the other one everyone talks about is Kbin. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to create an account on Kbin.social and I'm just going to try it out. And Kbin.social, like and shit just works. When you subscribe to something on another thing, you're subscribing to technology at bha.org or um, sync for Lemmy at um, lemmy.social. Like you're, it's all these things. In KBIN, all of the federated KBIN stuff just shows up as repositories. Like they're not located on different servers. Right. So the technology one is technology for all of the okay. KBIN instances instead of like there's a technology here and a technology here and a technology right, here right so but you could still subscribe to lemmy once there was like i really liked the hence the power of federation i really liked one of the diablo uh lemmy instances so i, I did the the kbin.social one and also the one from this lemmy thing so you can you can you, you get kind of the best of both worlds yeah uh and it a, the interface for Kbin is so much better than Lemmy. It's not great, but it is light years ahead of uh, Lemmy, which is like um, a Russian Yugo from the 80s <laughs> compared to a uh, a Porsche. Like, it, it's, it's, it's well done for using. Yeah. And I like the fact that the Kbin magazines, as they're called, are well populated and easy to get to so um it's it's been a lot better because you get you, you can access lemmy like i can access stuff on biha because biha hasn't uh banned kbin so i can see because they've got a huge technology and games and things over there so i can see what's happening there and i can read what's happening here and it has been a lot better nice i've been um holding off <laughs> on any of this stuff because uh, I'm waiting to see just sort of how the Reddit thing. I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to leave Reddit mm -hmm. um, because I was only ever a passive consumer of Reddit anyway. So I'm just sort of waiting to see how it all shakes. Out. Obviously, Reddit's going down the shitter. Like, there's no, there's no coming back. From if this. I were to recommend one to you right now, I would recommend Kbin. Yeah. Uh, just because you can kind of access Lemmy and Kbin, and it's got the better interface, and it seems to be less insane. <laughs> um. Like Lemmy is is some sort of libertarian pressure cooker, yeah. And everyone that's, is that's trying to be sense. more free than the, someone else, yeah. <laughs> um, and then then people are like, oh, the people in Bihar are brainwashed because they're not even allowed to downvote things they don't like. And then the people in Bihar are like, you people are insane. I'm like, I agree kind of with both. I don't like the fact that this is like I wouldn't create an account on Bihar because I like everything is so locked down yeah. that you couldn't like if there was something you were interested in that you wanted to start you couldn't but also uh, shit just works is this weird breeder reactor of I'm more free than everyone else and <laughs> 
Oh, I really wanted it to be good. It, it, it seemed like on the cover it was going to be good, and it just it wasn't. And I haven't. I don't, don't want to advocate for centrism, but they're kind of. This is the push and pull, right? Yes. Of like, well, we you know we need we we need to like not give shitty people a voice. That's important. Yes. Like your know, deplatforming works. We know that. Yeah. Um. But there. You have to be able to balance that with letting not shitty people talk, and it's just a matter of who gets to decide who's shitty. Yeah, is <laughs> yeah. what, what it comes down to. So Cabin has been a lot better. Um, I don't have to go through like fifteen sewing circle posts to get to you know new Diablo builds. Um, and it is, I have, I have gone, there's no web app for Cabin, which is a little bit of a disappointment, but the mm-hmm. guy who did sync for Reddit is doing sync for Lemmy and he said he's going to include Cabin. Right. So once that comes out, I think that will be my no brainer app and combo. Sure. But I've been loading up like the webpage on mobile is great and I can just, I scroll through and I'm like, oh, this is this looks interesting. I'll go and read that and then come back and then continue through. And it has been it has really filled my twenty minutes in the morning when I'm drinking coffee before I go to work, um, Reddit browse. Sure. Because that was that was a really regimented thing in my day as I would mm-hmm. just see what you know, what were related to things I was interested in. So this is the Cabin has filled that well. So if you're looking for a Reddit alternative, wait. But if you can't wait, <laughs> I would suggest Cabin. And there we have it. Uh, okay, I think that's going to do it for Gizmo Town because wow, we're going longer, much longer than I thought we would. But hey, there was a big deck nook. So <laughs> well, you know, every so often the deck nook gets big, <laughs> and you, you gotta know, you gotta think, what am I gonna do with this got, big what deck? You got, nook? What you got there was a bloated deck nook. That's, that's, that's a problem. The deck crevasse. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, we're gonna take an actual break because yeah, I need an actual break, and then we will be back with pixels and tokens. Video games, board games, video games, tabletop role-playing games, video games, and now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming, but mostly video games. It's like being back at Savage. (laughs) It's not at all like that, because the article isn't there. Um... Can you imagine? Uh, I, think yeah. the, I think the guy in the cape writing poetry was really the oracle. <laughs> oh, one day they'll understand me. Um, they will make puppets about me. Pixels and tokens. We're going to talk about video games because that's all we've been playing is the kind of games that are on video. It, there, there have been a lot of them recently. There's been quite a lot. Uh, and one of them, maybe you've heard of it, Diablo 4. It's... It's a thing. Still real good. We're still, so I I don't know about you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, we still haven't actually played together. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, we're in the clan together. When we're we played. We're like There's three people in the clan. Ships and we're in the two night. Of them. I know. We should set aside some time. Maybe maybe Sunday. Maybe that that we can play. Um, but yeah, so I've I went on kind of a journey with Diablo Four because. I was really, 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 really enjoying it. And then I kind of hit a wall. Mm-hmm. 
And it was that I started to kind of see the edges yeah, of it. it. 100, once you get past the story. Yeah. Like, I've, I've started up another, a couple characters that aren't in the story, and getting leveled when you're not running through the story is not easy. And I think the thing was, because it does use a different model mm-hmm. than, than previous Diablos. And so I was always like, I th- there was a matter of like, Everybody who everybody who seriously plays Diablo now always goes to a build guide, follows the build guide, mm-hmm. does the build. And because of that, everybody is the same as everybody else. Yes. Right? Like every rogue is this build of rogue. Every you know necromancer is this build necromancer. There's like five different rogues. There's like the, the range penetration shot. Yeah, There's yeah. the twisting blades rogue. But like my twisting legs rogue and your twisting legs rogue almost are going 100%. to be identical. The only right? difference the will be uh, gear and the affixes yeah. that we've managed to be able to unlock. And the thing about and you know because of course you know remember Diablo three was in my top five of all time, so you know that's in my brain. The and things they threw away from Diablo three are mind boggling. It it that was that is kind of the wall that I hit right it was like. I'm so used, and and what I found was missing in Diablo Four are the sets. There's no sets in Diablo Four. Right what now. I found was missing is the ability to try out different builds. Yeah, well that, that and that's kind of part and parcel of a the same prohibitive thing, right? time sink to yeah. the, the reset everything and then apply each yeah. level in a thing. Like I, if wouldn't I, could, su- I wouldn't be surprised if that will change at some point. If in I the could right click a node and get all the stacks in it. Yeah. Like, because I need this to be at five. I don't need to go one, two, three, yeah. four, five. Yeah, there's, 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 it's, it, they use a different model. Now, but if I could save it, I yeah, could no, save no. this one. I 100% agree. They I threw out like, the baby with the bathwater <laughs> they because did. they kept the, the transmog, the uh, armoire, whatever they call it. The, yeah. But the ability the to armory. save, yes, the, the, but the ability to save different builds was huge part of Diablo 3 and it's gone. But remember that wasn't until quite late. No, Diablo but three. but it was what all the seasons were built yes. around because you'd get and the that's gear. That's why I kind of like, mm, okay, let's see what happens with seasons. Yeah. Because seasons are where I think it's going to get interesting again. But because I hit this wall and because it was like, well, I don't there's no you you hit a point at which like you're kind of done your build yeah and it happens relatively quickly as soon as you get all of your four or five main abilities then suddenly that's kind of it that's these this is the rotation that you will be doing for the rest of whatever and that will never change even based on your gear and paragon never change right exactly so that kind of bummed me out a little bit and i'm like "Mm, i don't know um and because one of the nice things and again i will i will wrap this around but um in in Diablo 3 because of how the sets worked and because of how the seasons worked sets can drastically alter how your build behaves and so suddenly you know you can you can put together a set and you are doing something completely different from what you were doing before you know sets augmented with the same build yeah that was the thing it changed how builds work and that was brilliant the demon hunter gas set i can't remember what it stood for but it was the you shot six times and then you spun basically at 100 miles an hour clearing ads 
it was so good when There's, you got it going. And there were lots of things like that. And that, that kind of just isn't there no. in, in 4. No. And that's what I found I was missing I hadn't now. really hit that point where I noticed that sets had gone. Because you're right, it does fundamentally change how a build works. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for. Now, I, I then I remembered a quote, this is very egotistical, from myself, <laughs> from the previous podcast that I said several times, and and you know this is why you say smart things so you can remember the smart things you said and then live up to them. Absolutely, play the game that it is, not the game that you want it to be in your head. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's when I went. Okay, this is a different model. Yeah. This is a different thing. This is its own game. This is not trying to be Diablo 3. It's not even trying to be Diablo 2, although it kind of is trying to be Diablo 2. But it's its own thing. They've gone for a different thing. Let's just play this as it is. So that's what I started doing. And then I kind of, that's when I wrapped back around. I got a couple of fortunate drops mm -hmm. that actually did kind of change they didn't really change the bill but they suddenly you got that quantum leap yeah. in like oh okay all of a sudden i'm kicking ass again yeah. right that's what you need for diablo yeah. i find it's like it's about that i'm struggling i'm struggling i'm struggling this is too hard you get that one special drop and then boom you're kicking ass again that's Lev great leveling alts through side quests seems to take forever it did until recently i don't know how much you haven't played a lot i haven't played the recent patch yeah so they changed some things um xp is more generous okay in general now um and your basic attacks do more damage okay which was a problem <laughs> before because your basic attack just didn't do fuck all. Uh, my basic attack is for building combo. It's for building, that's exactly. It's yeah. for building your energy or for your combo or whatever. You know, it's for building the thing that you make the damage with. Now they actually do. It's not significant. But at least, but at least you're more. not basically throwing yeah. damage out the door by doing it, trying to get your you're not uh, resource your back. Time. Yeah, that's it, right? Um. So and and now the fixes that will like up the damage of your basic attack actually kind of matter and they have an yeah. impact and you can feel it and that is kind of the point of this whole thing it's like diablo in general and yeah. this is true ever since one it's been about the feeling it, there's a specific vibe yeah. that you get when you're playing diablo and it is they have managed to tune it so specifically to diablo that you know intuitively when they've got it right and when they've got it wrong and that is a very very fine balance to mark can i say that the work they've done on side quests is phenomenal it's great the it's great. story that they've put into some of these side quests like the one there's this one side quest where there's this young woman out trying to help her mother who's at home sick and you find her surrounded by charred corpses and the entire thing is trying to figure out how to help this person. And it, it's across four or five different side quests. It's, yeah. it's, it's later in the game. It's once you get to the swamp area. Yeah. Uh, but it is so well done. And it's, you, you could just absolutely miss it. But there it's are a few like that that are like multi-step. And like, fantastic yeah. little stories like just contained in this thing. 
Um, it was, it's really good. What I really like is the, the whole, the whole vibe of the game. And this is in general is this very kind of Eastern European folktale kind of thing. There's like a very, it's like some sort of fucked up Ukrainian nursery rhyme. (laughs) It really, it really kind of is. And that's neat. That's very cool. It's, it's very evocative. The final cutscene, the, 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 not the, the, the final one when you're playing the game, but the one that happens after you've gone the little coda at the end and then you, you read the note from the person and you see that thing. (laughs) Spoilers. I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible, (laughs) but it's, it's not the final cutscene of the game, but it's after that. Once you, once you do a thing, you read a letter and then you see this final cutscene. That final cutscene was fantastic. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, the act. This is a, this is something relatively new for me in Diablo. Is like the story actually is kind of good, and the characters are good and and interesting and engaging. And that's not something I'm used to in Diablo. The it, characters are usually just what it, the this, the story is the thinnest veneer to drive you into the dungeons. Yeah. to get down to hell. Uh, and this time it was extremely good. Hashtag Lilith did nothing wrong. It's, I am still Team Lilith. After all this, after the I am whole still thing, Team Lilith. I, I really wish you could slide. There with was, there there should have been a choice, and I'm like <laughs> the entire the entire that battle. I'm like this isn't me. This this is this is Blizzard <laughs> sorry, making sorry, me do sorry. this. <laughs> I have to. You have loot. I have to kill you. I was. I was. I was railroaded. You know how this works. You know um, what the deal was. So they're doing a lot of work. This was the uh, big patch they were talking about at the campfire chat. Mm. This is the the the, the one between that that campfire chat and the season. This is the the one big balance patch where they touch a lot of things and make it a bit better. And they're only going to be making it better. And they've been listening to the community. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with the seasons. Yeah, so here again, this is this is part of the weird kind of push and pull of the community now. In that Diablo Four is a it's a genuine hit. Yes, like it's you know it's it's, it's selling like crazy, and there are a lot of new people uh, coming in because of that who are not used to how, how Diablo, Diablo works. seasons work. So and so they freaked out when they found out that what do you mean seasons? I have to make, make a, new, a new character, but like, that's the point. It's a seasonal that's character. How, that's how Diablo works. That is what Diablo That's how is. Diablo 2 and 3 worked. You made a ca- yeah. character for the season, you leveled them up, and you got the set. Like in 3, it was Hadrig's Gift, and it was the guaranteed set. Once you got all the pieces and you'd, you'd done all the challenges, and you'd, you'd basically be able to start off with this set and then go through the season and really like dig in. You get the primal version of this one helmet for your set, and now you're friggin' you're going 90. <laughs> You don't have to worry about your resources. And that and- was the thing. Like, the seasons are themed, or there's there's always something special about the seasons. And the seasons are a specific thing. And so, like, and and this is built into the structure of Diablo. And it's, it's that wall we talked about. Yeah. Where you, you hit a wall, and they recognize you hit a wall. So the way to, to get around that is to just start again. And, like, Diablo 3 seasons were all carrot. Yeah. You could really push through those final four uh, challenges, seasonal challenges, to get that like wing or pet or something if you really wanted it. But you could just eat as much of the carrot as you wanted, and then you're like, yeah, no, I'm done. This was real good. Yeah. And I hope they follow that with this. I, I have a good feeling about how they're going to do this. I mean... 
the battle pass thing, I don't again. I don't. At quite least it's just cosmetics, like, yeah. and I don't really like. Like you said, the stuff you get from basic gear looks better. Pardon I me, it looks better than what I see in the store. I don't know that I. I think I saw somebody today who may have had like uh, armor that was purchased from the shop. I got the skeleton I'm, horse. Did you? I got the skeleton okay. because the skeleton horse I looks just, cool. I've, I've and never, they've got this arrow riddled head and torso sure, that you put on your horse. And that's all fine, but it's like I don't know. Like there's there's nothing. That was in it. it. That was yeah, the only thing I've like, seen. I'm like, yeah, you know what? My horse needs to have cool bone armor. Um, and you know, I I was kind of thinking about this as well. We're wow, we're actually going to go longer than usual. Oh well. Anyway, um, the thing that I think there's a kind of cultural um, uh, differential here mm-hmm. in that when I make a character for any game, um, I'm actually thinking of them as a character. I mean, as as y'all may know, characters are kind of my thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's like. When a season starts in Diablo, for example, I'm just making my characters that I made before. It's still the same character. Yeah. I'm just like, I'll spell the name slightly differently or something, but it's like, it's still that character. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's, there is a continuity. There isn't, it's not about like, oh, I've put in X number of hours to this and here's my gear and I don't want to waste all that time. I haven't wasted that time. That character yeah. is still the character. Yeah. Right. So it's like. That doesn't matter. And I think there is a, a kind of fundamental difference between looking at your character as a character, mm-hmm. as a personality, uh, as as opposed to just like the sum total of the gear, of the numbers that are <laughs> on that character, yeah. right? I think that's the difference. And so that's one of the ways that the cosmetic thing falls down for me because like yeah. I... You know, one of my characters is Granny Weatherwax. Yeah. I don't give a shit about cosmetics for Granny Weatherwax. Well, you know what? You know what? Like, (laughs) massive death helmet Granny Weatherwax? I'm trying to find the simplest, most boring possible clothing for it. I can't do it. Where I'm at is I'm trying to get titles. And I want to yeah, get titles, uh, titles are pretty good. I want to get Holy Diviner because it's as close to Holy Diver as I could get. <laughs> I, I just started. Le- I, the reason I got what Granny Weatherwax on my brain is because I just started leveling my sorceress. Yes, and that's Granny Weatherwax. And so I just got the title Witch. Yes. So so Granny Weatherwax's current title is Legendary Witch. Nice. Boom. Got it. Um. <laughs> yeah. No. I want. I, I'm. I'm. One of my characters is unholy rubbish. Um, another one. I want. I want ho- unholy or holy diviner for one of them because that's just that as, yeah. as close as I can get to Dio's <laughs> per- perfect um uh, sword and sorcery character. Um, and there's there's some fun combinations to be had in some of the titles that you can unlock. The titles are pretty good. I like that. I like that they added that a lot. That, it, so it's, you can have a lot of fun with that. It, 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 in Diablo three, you made your uh, little banner look as badass as possible, yeah. and in this one, you give yourself titles, which is fun. My my assassin um, Kalashe or my rogue Kalashe is the assassin. Nice. Period. Yeah. Um, Full and, stop. And uh, Beverly. <laughs> I love Beverly. Beverly's, Beverly's so got a good story. Beverly, uh, I don't know. Have we gone through Beverly? You mean, told me on Discord. I did tell you on Discord. Beverly, you know, she's a stay-at-home mom. She was living in suburbia, and you know, the kids went off to college. Emptiness kind of, syndrome, you know. I, you know, it just I had all this time on my hands. So I thought, you know, you girl, you should get a hobby. 
And so I type, I went to type in on the Googles, you know, on that, that, that website there. I went to type in macrame, but you know the little man on the Googles who corrects your spelling? Well, I did such so I did such a bad job of typing macrame that it changed it to necromancy, and I just went, oh well, let's try this for a while. What's the worst that can happen? So Beverly is a stay-at-home mom. She's a suburban part-time necromancer. This is my bone golem, Bill. (laughs) That's Beverly. Uh, Beverly's my necromancer. Bill opens the pickle jars when it's a little stuck and I can't get the pickles out. Her current title is um, Bubbly Reaper. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's it, right? Please it's, call your bone golem, Bill. Bill, Bill, oh, Bill's a hoot. You should see him. Bill can, takes care of all that little heavy lifting, you him, know. Get him to tell you his story. When sometimes. I get the potting soil in the spring, <laughs> Bill carries it out the back. Beverly the Necromancer. I just love Beverly the Necromancer. All right. Uh, anyway, that's your Diablo 4 update. Uh, they're, they're, they're patching it actively. Uh, they're making it better. I, I'm very interested to see where it goes. I'm also very interested to finally play uh, some with Kevin. I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I am looking forward to the seasons. I think that will be will be interesting. The story has yet to be written on this. I yes. think that is the other thing. It's yes. like we're we're really in early days. We don't time. have a real money auction house sort of debacle that's putting yeah. the boot on the neck of Diablo Four like Diablo Three had. So. I mean, we're we're in theoretically a better space than when Diablo three came out in twenty twelve. Oh yeah. No, so dude, it'll this be is a much better place. It'll then. be interesting to see if they can keep goodwill with the seasons, even I if they can make the kids understand. They've the new learned characters their lessons. They know that. I mean, they still got to make money. They know that. But Absolutely. It's like. Mm, I mean, we're, we're going to be careful. Right? Some people will buy the uh, like guaranteed or expanded battle pass. Some people will buy yeah. the cosmetics because that's the way they're wired. But the, the, you know, you don't have to. Yep. And I mean, even if you get the uh, the uh, cosmetics, you to get the cosmetics from the battle pass, like the the free one. You don't have to use them. They're just there. Yeah, you know what? That's the, I have. I, there's no incentive for me yeah. to to buy the accelerated battle pass. I'll just what, whatever I get, I get, and I'll be happy to get it. But it's I got fine. I got like, the the horse pack with the 800 obols, and with the 800 obols, I got the um, uh, bone armor, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm done. I've I've got like a couple of horse skins yep. from drops, and, and you can and... get like trophies from drops. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm no, we're good. Like, they need to buff um, loot goblin drops because I kill a lot of loot, loot goblins for one blue and one yellow. Yeah, that, but that you know what? That's the same as it ever was because that's how loot goblins more always, legendaries. You know, they need the green ones that give you pets, or in this case, uh, yeah. horse stuff. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of dreading. Like, I I suspect that the pets are common and they may be paid. That's I I keep thinking. if I if I just have to get one just so it collects gold for me, yeah. I will do that because yeah. I am missing that. Or maybe they'll give you a freebie with a season, and it may not be the Again, best one. this is the kind of thing that seasons would be would be a good fit for. Right? But see, this was the great part about 3 was the flex of getting that rare yeah. pet, having like the thing hand collecting your... Or the treasure chest that looked like the luggage. I mean... There's it, only one choice, you know. There was there was some good flex kind of rare pets in Diablo three. I remember us playing and like, where the fuck did you get yeah. that? <laughs> what the hell is that? 
All right, moving on. Um, this is all Jamie. On June all- 29th, AEW Games released their first game, Fight Forever. You could, like, do this professionally. I, now. you know. People will pay you for this. Um, it's a... So this is a throwback wrestling game to... I think the one that they want, they're, they're aiming it after was WCW No Mercy, which came out on the Nintendo 64. And it was the right balance of good graphics at the time. Like, they, they, they looked like the wrestlers. And it was very arcadey, but it had depth. So you could get into it and, you know, this for punch, this for kick. And if you hit kick three times, you go into, like, a, a, a low kick, knee strike, roundhouse kick and it's a nice little combo you just have to press y three times mm. um so they've really gone into that kind of arcadey not simulatory ones where you have to press like six buttons for a finisher <laughs> this one's you grapple this is your left knuckle this is <laughs> you you grapple and then press the d-pad in any direction it's not even press the d-pad right or left it's it just mash on the d-pad and it will let you do your special or your finisher um it's very accessible um it's got a lot of the main, the popular main roster. Yes, hello. Platform? Uh, uh, everything. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it, they, they actually support the Steam Deck. They yeah. actually showed... Actively supporting the Steam Deck. Are you listening, Bungie? They, they Did I showed people playing it on the Steam Deck because a lot of their, their roster travels and a Steam, playing be able to play it on a Steam Deck makes sense. Uh, so it's on PC, it's on Xbox, it's on PS5. I believe it also supports Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Switch. It might. It might work on Switch. <laughs> Who knows about Switch? Fuck Tendo. Uh, fuck Tendo. Um, <laughs> but it's. I I pre-ordered it. Um, because the the group of us that that go to wrestling also all have Xboxes, so we're going to play sure. uh, multiplayer matches. Um, so. I I tried out. I, I only fired it up today because I've been out of town watching wrestling, and then I came home and I played wrestling. <laughs> um, I fired it up and did a one v one match, and it was kind of good that Andrew's not here because this would be three hours worth at <laughs> least. I fired up did Kenny Omega versus um um don't look at me man Eddie Kingston, <laughs> um and, and I just had a one v one match and they they I kind of felt it out they had they they. They bring up a little explaining thing when something happens. So Eddie Kingston bum rushed me right off the bat and struck me, and it's like press left bumper to block a strike, press right bumper to block a grapple. Like like it was contextual. Like since he attacked sure, me, yeah. it was telling me about that. And then it popped up, and you know this X is punch, Y is kick, and A is grapple, and like try combinations of those. If you press like uh, A X. Um, you'll grab someone and then do like an elbow strike on them in a grapple, or if you 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 do a multiple punch, it'll do a little combo. Um, so I kind of figured it out from that. And then they've got a mode called Road to Elite, where you pick a wrestler, either one that you've created or one from the roster, and you bring them from obscurity on the indies to holding the big belt. Sure. So I I chose Chuck Taylor, who is one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW, Sexy Chucky e. T. Can you make your own? You can make your own. There's no. a creator wrestler area. I haven't touched That's that. That's important. I, I figured I would I would play zero of the game if I spent all the time making meat, <laughs> McMeat, my uh, creator wrestler. Um, and they have you could get announcers. So if meat is one of the words, you could have them just chant meat over and over again as your rare character comes in. <laughs> You're all orcs in the audience. Meat. 
Um, so I, I chose Chuck Taylor, who's a, a favorite of mine. I, I own multiple best friends t-shirts. Um, and I'm taking him. I'm going to get him the belt. Chuck Taylor, if you're listening to this, and I hope you are, I'm going to get you the belt and fight forever. Chuck Taylor, if you're listening to this, I will watch wrestling. Oh, I should get him. Uh, I should tweet at him. I'll create an account again and tweet at him. <laughs> There's your challenge. Um, but I'm. It, it's it's been a lot of fun because you start off at because they they follow the history of AEW. And since it only started in 2019, a lot of people have been watching since the beginning. Whereas WWE started in the, the forgotten times 1960s 1950s i don't <laughs> well, know because it was wwf yes and it and that went way back it was a fact when it was hulk hogan wrestling pandas it was uh <laughs> it was a territory it was the new york territory of the united states when it was carved up into a bunch of small wrestling territories and certain people would travel between them like a champ from um the california would come over to new york and they would have a fight for like one of their titles um, so the deep lore here. People Jesus. don't know the roots of WWE. They've researched it, but they they haven't watched it. Whereas AEW started in 2019, so you've seen the entirety right, of right. it if you got in, and you can even go back and watch it really easily because it's only three years worth of content. So they start you off in a casino battle royale at the first pay per view, and if you win it, you've got a shot at the belt. So I won it, and now I'm uh, I'm working my way to my belt shot. But it's fun to play. Like, I don't have to think about it. I'm not going... It's not like a fighting game where you're like, back, back, quarter roll, high punch. <laughs> it's like, I am spamming kicks and then trying... Because it's not... There's no health. There's a health thing. But what you have is momentum. And if you're getting a lot of hits on the person, you've got more momentum. And the crowd starts chanting your name. And then you're able to do your special and then your finisher. And then get the pin. Right. So it's it's simple with some depth, and there's room to kind of play with it, which is really nice. Because I'm not a huge remember 600 inputs to do a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I've only spent a couple hours with it, but I can see it being a lot of fun in the, the long run. And also being able to play, like, four-person, uh, the theoretically four-person matches with my friends. So I can do, like, a fatal four-way match or a ladder match or something weird. We can all connect online and then play it, and I think it'll be a hoot. Cool. So uh, look into that if you like wrestling. Yeah. Well, or make fun of me on Discord. No, you know what? I'm in the vast minority of people who do not have the wrestling neuron. Like, mm. it's just, it's, I, I recognize it. It's, it's like me and anime. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like, I just, it's, it's not a matter of like distaste or dislike. There's just nothing. There's no receptor there. Yeah. It just bounces off anyway. Okay, is it time? I think it's time. Your finger is hovering over the button. I am ready. And now... We continue with our top five games of all time with my number three. Let me guess. Go ahead, guess. uh, EverQuest. Wow. You guessed right! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to do um, for this whole top five things is if if it is possible to still play the game to 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 do that before we talk about it, right? So does um, it still exist? It does still exist. Like there, EverQuest 1. EverQuest 1 still exists. It, there, a whole bunch of 
um, older MMOs got sold off. Oh, the, so it's not SOE anymore. It's not. Oh, God, no. Not really? Yeah, no, no. It's now, it's now with a company called Daybreak Games. Daybreak Games handles EverQuest, EverQuest 2, uh, DC Universe Online, a whole bunch of, I think maybe even Ultima Online. Um, there's a whole bunch of MMOs that Daybreak Studios handles. They currently have EverQuest One. EverQuest One is still playable. They're still I releasing. I had no clue. Content? Unfucking believable. There are still expansions for EverQuest One. I it just mind boggling. I had so I did not get a chance to play it before this. But yes, my number three game of all time is. The venerable, the inestimable EverQuest. I don't even know where to begin <laughs> with EverQuest. A lot of this, I fear, will descend into old man goes, you kids today don't know how good you have it. But, boy, EverQuest blazed so many trails. So EverQuest was and is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game and one of the first. It was not the first, but it was the first MMO. It was the first 3D MMO. It was the first 3D MMO. It was the first one to feature a a 3D world, a a 3D geometrical world. Because Ultima Online was isometric and MUDs were text-based. Yes, MUDs were text-based. Then there was Ultima Online. There was a couple of things before yeah, that. The but, Realm. Yeah, The Realm. Uh, well, The Realm actually came a bit later. Afterwards. The Realm was in a weird kind of place for with all this. But um, there were there were MUDs, multi-user dimensions, yep. which were all text-based, um, which were the, the precursors to all this. Yes. Then there was Ultima Online. Ultima Online was graphical... And you know, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of users. Um, but it was also you know two D sprites sprite based. and and uh, in an isometric plane. Yeah. But EverQuest was the first game that featured a fully three D rendered world that you could move through. And that and blonde elf on the cover. <laughs> then Furiona V. Is that? Does she have a name? Oh God! There's. Are you kidding me? I never <laughs> got into EverQuest. So, I, re- I remember you talking about EverQuest when we were getting into City of Heroes saying, City of Heroes has a good because we me, used to have to oh, wait outside of a dungeon. Dear God, I can't even... The stories... This is literally like worst. You, you want to ever get like the old men talking about World War One in the trenches to the World War Two vets, you get EverQuest players and World of Warcraft players Absolutely. together. And that's what that is, right? That's exactly... Instance Dungeons, you had it you easy. Get, oh, fucking hell. You have no idea. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Instances? What is that? Oh. EverQuest was the first... Fully 3D world. Yes. And so I actually baited EverQuest. Like, I was in before it. Wow. Yeah, it was... And and even back then, like, the computers... We were playing this on, like, Pentiums. Yes. Right? Like, basic... Like, glide cards. Yeah. This is before 3DFX cards. Yeah. Right? Like, this was, like... It's it's hard to to comprehend nowadays. I think official launch was in 99. 99. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the initial 
the the actual window on the 3D world was this teeny tiny thing up yeah. in the corner and everything else was like your character sheet and your inventory and, and your stat bar and all that stuff and there was this little tiny window up in the corner that was that was actually reminiscent of Ultima Underworld I remember which, that which was I played a kind that. of a, a precursor visual model to how EverQuest eventually worked um, e- EQ eventually moved to a fully, like the, the 3D world was the entire window yes. and then the interface was laid over on top of it. But that was a new, the new innovation in and of itself. That was something nobody had done yes. before. Again, there's so many firsts. World of Warcraft cribbed a lot. World of Warcraft only happened because EverQuest happened. Yeah. Like there, there is no, there's no doubt about that ever World of Warcraft perfected what EverQuest started. EverQuest, like, you know, walked so World of Warcraft could run. And and, and people listening to this, unless they're of our age, don't know what kind of a rock star Brad McQuaid was when EverQuest (laughs) came out. He was everywhere. It, 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 unbelievable. The culture around EQ and the, the, the level of dedication that you had, it was, it was, uh, the first kind of video game culture that I really kind of understood as a culture. The amount that of story it, that came out of the player base. Oh, and this was the other thing. It's like, oh, there was no precursor. Mm-hmm. So they had to figure it all out yeah. as they were going, right? So it's like even something as simple as talking to an NPC and getting a quest from them. Well, by the time we get to World of Warcraft, they have a huge exclamation mark over there. Yes. You know exactly who to go and talk to. And you know, that, didn't, that didn't exist. You just had to talk to people until you found someone with a quest. You had to go up to an NPC. You had a chat window okay, mm-hmm. that was overlaid onto your world. You had to go up to an NPC and press H, which stood for hail. Ah. Okay? And that's what you would do. You'd, if you like, clicked on a player character, you could click on their player character, target them, press H, you go, hail so-and-so. Yes. Right? So you had to do that to an NPC. They would pop up in the text chat window Oof. their greeting, and then if you were lucky, this was not at launch. This was a refinement. Ooh. Uh, a keyword would appear in brackets. And that would let you know that. And that would let special. you know that there was something you could say back to them uh, that would they, they trigger them. the next yes. key in the the next note in the conversation. So it wasn't even a window that popped up; it was all in the chat. It box. was all in the chat window. So at the very start, there wasn't even the brackets. So you would just have to walk up to an NPC, hit hail, read their text, read the text. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Do you remember the first mod anyone ever installed in World of Warcraft was Fast Quest Text? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you could get to the I accept mean, button faster. There's a whole thing around that. So you would have to read the text yep. and then like parse it, parse it, understand it, and, and, and kind figure of out which word yes to prompt and, well, them. Yeah. So there were websites that popped up. That was like, okay, here's how you do this quest. Yes. Here's how you do that quest. Here's, say, what, here's what you say to, say this, to NPC. this person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wild, unbelievable! You would you, never get that you, kind of thing. You didn't even get skulls over enemies' heads. You had to consider them. You so yes, there was the other thing which was considering. So you would be out in the wild, to be out in the woods or whatever, and you would see you know an orc 
over there. Yeah. So you had no idea. Could could you fight this orc? Was it what was going to happen? You had was, no idea how beefy was, this orc what was. What was your relationship to this orc? <laughs> so you would hit, the, you would target the orc, you would hit C, which was for consider. Or con, yes. Con. You would con the orc, and the or and the response in the text would be one of several things, and it would be it, it's it's like fuzzy logic. He looks he looks pretty tough. Yes, or you think you could take him or something. Now, thankfully, it wasn't colored text, so you uh, could see immediately. So like green. So green was for the oh, they're friendly. They yeah. look at you fine. Um, you know, orange was like mm, don't get too close to that. Yeah, red is red was like they'll, they'll fucking kill you. Yeah, right. Um, and then, so there was the color, and there was also what the text said was about how powerful they were yeah. in relation to you, <laughs> right? So that's I, amazing. I, I really, I didn't do any research before we started. I really should have because there was very specific text yeah. about what the targets returned to you, yeah. based on how many levels what higher their they level are. Higher yeah. You. yeah. So it was just like they didn't spoon feed you anything. Absolutely, you you had to live in this world yeah like that was the thing right? well, the, the whole poop sock thing they ain't got nothing on world of warcraft man we talk about uh, to the casual listener uh people that really know life world of warcraft were, were accused of pooping in socks so they wouldn't have to leave the computer uh kevin just threw poop sock as, I really just threw poop as, sock as, as a <laughs> as an adjective and thinking that everyone listening might know but that that was a thing that people might have done when they were playing early online games so they wouldn't have to leave the computer for any reason. So this was one of the things that EverQuest did that I I don't think we really have anymore. And it's kind of a shame. Is that, I mean, I'm I'm an advocate for making things accessible and yes. easy. Like, yep. You know that I hate games that are too hard. But... There was a scale in EverQuest. Like yep. EverQuest was hard. Yeah, like there was no, there was it was uncompromising. Um, but there was a there was a point at which like things were were hard enough and so hard, and the the kind of heights of power were so far above you. Yeah, that you understood there were legendary things that if like you were you would chances are you would never be able to do this yeah right that was the thing that was there was there were powerful things out there that if you even saw them you were lucky wow you know like that was the thing right so um things like you know uh, planes of existence beyond the physical realm that that existed but you would have to be at such a high level and you have to do so much leveling and so much work to get there where you could planeswalk that wow. that it was just like I could I can I can't do this. And so when you saw somebody who was, you know, level fifty, oh my fucking God, that was a thing. That was like But even like doing quests and contents like there was no way of getting to this enemy. Somebody yeah. else might have killed it. Like you had players self-organized <laughs> to let everyone have a shot the at a dungeon. The entire thing about guilds, like all of that stuff happens here. Yeah. This is the point which that all organizes. You had to have a guild because otherwise, let's say, you know, oh, this high-level dungeon, Nagafen B, for oh, those of you who know. Damn. Which was which was the dragon, right? Ah, uh, <laughs> the one on the cover. Oh yeah, nice. 
Um, th- there was Nagafen A, which was the dungeon that led up to Nagafen yep. B. Yep. Right? Um, Nagafen A, I did a few times. I never did Nagafen. I to this day have never done Nagafen B. That was the thing. That this was is one of the dungeon. nice things about Warcraft and being able to over level over old content yeah. and be able to walk, walk in because like, we we at one point went in. And and did like molten core yeah, and all yeah. these uh, raids that we weren't like we didn't have guilds. We for, had no fucking clue. Yeah, and we were able to go in and experience them, which was really nice. And I wish more yeah. games would let people experience. But that. that's kind of what I mean. It's like there's there is a push and pull there. Because, yeah, because like it's nice to be able to go in and see that stuff. Yeah, but it's also nice it's, to it's, leave it's, that yeah, stuff as if it's mythical. something you can't access. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh god, what happens in there? So like you know anybody who did nag nag B. Oh, and did they respect, have? I'm bro. sure they had armor <laughs> you know? that would let you know. Oh yeah, like you would if somebody like I remember. I to this day I remember running through Fadark Forest. Wow! <laughs> and, and seeing somebody who was level twenty. Yes, that was again. That's not, it went up to level fifty ultimately, but level yeah. twenty was the first level cap. Yeah, I remember running through Fadark Forest as a level. F- or something mm-hmm. and seeing somebody run by with a 20 over their head and like oh my god how did they what how did you possibly do that? it was unbelievable so like this was the point at which that kind of prestige right actually meant something it wasn't it wasn't about like uh you know you know paying your battle pass whatever mm-hmm. it was like man they they did, put in the effort they did some shit yeah oh my god so that that was I, kind of the I thing i feel it like was, i missed out not having uh the experience with uh everquest when it came out it's it was a very unique moment in time because city of heroes and warcraft world of warcraft yeah. had a lot of those corners sanded off they really they and that was kind of the criticism right about mm-hmm. the the mmos that followed eq was that they were quote unquote too easy yeah right um i i don't agree with that philosophy i like games that will that will be accessible and will let you on there uh i i'm into that but instance stuff was was where they really made because you didn't like yes what you were telling me at one point in everquest there'd be like a lineup of people waiting to kill a mob for and it was like players dungeons would for raids on on planes um, th- there was no instancing. So, yeah. like, if if a certain mob spawned, and this is the thing, like, nobody knew anything. Pe- players had to do the research. Yeah. So, if a certain monster spawned at a certain time on a certain day at a certain you location, know, hour yeah. of the month, or whatever, whatever specific thing triggered that spawn, the players would have to figure that out themselves. And that knowledge would then get passed on through word of mouth or through websites, which are effectively word of mouth or yeah. forums or whatever, you know. Um, but this was part of the player lore yeah. that developed. And that is something that we do kind of miss now. Yeah. Is that that shared community knowledge doesn't really exist anymore. It is It is all about... You know, we have these build guides and we have, you know, these compiled things that are known. But this was about, there was something mystical about this, right? There was like a lore quality. It's like, and then when, if you were lucky enough, you're right, to like get in on this raid group, to get into the right guild at the right time, at the right place, and you actually 
actually got to do this raid, you were, it was one of those, I was there, I saw it, I yeah. did it. Right. It was, it was the real kind of unique quality about huh. it that we don't have anymore. Because, and, and it's, no, I, I want to say, it's better now. Yes. Like, it is better. The way we have it now is better. Well, I mean, like, role-playing has died off in MMOs to a, a large extent it's now. True. And I think in, in in EverQuest, it was a lot more prevalent, and it was all player-driven in that case. It's funny, because there was a real dichotomy in EQ, and this was the first time I kind of saw the dichotomy yeah. in, it was in EQ, because I come from a role-playing background, right? I, I come from tabletop. Yes. So it's like, that was just understood. Yes. Like, that was just how... You, you this, were this character. This is what these games yeah. are, right? They're role-playing... Role Role-playing games, the clue is in the title, they're role-playing games. You are playing this character, this character is a character, you are playing this character, yeah. period, right? Yeah. So this was the first time, and it was really confusing to me, the people who there There were some people play. that weren't role-playing the character, yes. So there was this, there was this tension between role-players and power gamers, yeah. right, that happened. And I remember... Oh, I don't know if Dave Keeling listens to this podcast. I will point this out to him. He's an old, old friend, um, and we played EQ together. Mm-hmm. We, we did a thing. So one of the first PvP things that you could do yep. in EQ was you could duel somebody. And when you dueled somebody, whoever won the duel, that got announced server-wide. Oh, wow. So we made two trolls. I made a troll called Role Player. He made a troll called Power Gamer. Nice. And we dueled, and he let me win. He would he would sandbag <laughs> it so you'd win. So throughout the Furiona V server of EverQuest role was player announced defeats. throughout the land, role player defeats EverQuest or defeats Power Gamer in a battle to the death. That went out. Nice. <sighs> it was a proud moment. Um it it it's it's a, a, a time past. It is. Um, it'd be interesting to see if you went back into it with your current <laughs> MMO, not proclivities, but just what you're used yeah. to. I So a few years ago, actually, how, how much have they brought it forward? Is there instancing in I've, it now? I want no. I don't actually. I think there might be. There there are types of instancing now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, because they actually introduced that while I was still playing. There were these kind oh. of dungeons that were called. I can't remember what they were. They were like mini dungeons, and I think those were instanced. Um, but um, I did try a few. I mean, oh, oh, I think I remember this ten-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, you, you realize it was still up and loaded up. At, yeah, I, I I can't do it. Really, it was, it was so crude. Does it someone have a so... guide on installing it on the deck? Um, possibly. You know what? I would be. I because here's the funny part. It's like because I had. Um, I eventually did like a a, a lifetime subscription to DC Ultima Online or D, uh, DCUO. Yes, DC Universe Online, and because of that, I ended up getting like I was. A lifetime thing to EverQuest and EverQuest Two so or something I still like that. Have yeah. like an active account. I could log into EverQuest now yeah. and play it. Like that's a, a fine. I'm sure I'm down a few dozen expansions, but like I could do that. I could log into EverQuest and play and it. It'd be interesting because I mean, sure, you've got some of the old. Maybe that's a Frankie play. Uh, some of the old. Oh my uh, god. 
um, oh my God. muscle memories. Frankie play. Make a Everquest. make a Frankie troll in EverQuest. Oh, Frankie play. Oh my God, there are trolls in EverQuest. <laughs> All right. Um, Guess what? Guess what's going to happen, kids? All I, right. Anyway, so I, there we go. I feel like three. I cheated guessing that because I know you very well, <laughs> and I know that EverQuest. I, not that it's not far from your mind, but it was a formative game well, for here's, you. Well, here's the question, then. It's like, this is number three. Mm-hmm. What's two and one? That That is a, that <laughs> right? is a good question. Because EverQuest obviously had to be on the list. And this was actually a challenge for me when I was making the list. It's like, where does Ever EverQuest obviously was going to be on the list. Where does it and go? And Marvel Heroes Online was a strong contender, but you already said we, it we, got dropped we off. We booted that for, for um, D3, so... So I'll have to rack my mind on different games that you've uh, spent a lot of time. <laughs> I'll in. Bet you I have, I'll I have, bet you I guess. have a couple shortlisted in my head. I'll bet but you. EverQuest, I mean, I wasn't a player, yeah, and I knew the box art for every EverQuest because you saw it <laughs> everywhere. It was every store had dozens of copies of EverQuest yep. and EverQuest Two. And like all the magazines, like PC gaming magazines, there was usually a good chunk that was on Ultima Online or EverQuest or something of every issue. Yep. Because there was new stuff coming out all the time. The bones of EverQuest are in every single role-playing game, online or not, that you are playing now. I mean, flip a coin between Ultima Online and EverQuest. Those yep. are like the progenitors of most modern um, mul- massively multiplayer online games. And I think for me, the thing, and of course, it always comes back to character. And like, the characters that I created in EverQuest mm. s- still live with me today. They're what's still- your What's your favorite EverQuest character's so name? So I had I had two mains. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had Cardi's, which was. Oh my God! You told me about <laughs> Cardi's. I mean, I could go into the backstory of Cardi's forever. We're already over time, yeah. so I won't. Um, but they also had. The troll detritus. Oh, you named named right. after, after the, the, the Discworld troll. Yep. I still have an EverQuest action figure of of detritus of detritus. He's sitting above my desk oh, right now. Oh, with the big nose. That's detritus. That's detritus. That's the troll. Oh my god. They actually because they did a very limited run series of EverQuest action figures. Yep. They actually did the character model of the troll that I picked for detritus. Wow. So as the, as the like, one they were making the action I gotta, figure. Of. I got to get that. So that's what that troll is above my desk is the is detritus. I mean, as long as I've known you, you've been an MMO type person and you've you introduced me to dozens of different mmos but i always remember you talking about everquest it's kind of that is the legend it is it is the it's not the pinnacle but it's it's the spring from which a lot of uh, mmo flowed it is it is it's numenor to do everything and like i said you could not get away from brad mcquade in the early (laughs) 2000s like he had opinions about things and he was published a lot he was the first person I ever read, and this was the first time I ever remember disagreeing <laughs> with, like, a philosophy of game design. Yes. Which was that, like, the the point, and he talk, was talking specifically about EQ, mm-hmm. was like, um, we our, our, our objective is that the players are trying to win and we're trying to stop them. Yeah, that's a weird right. tact. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute, that's not... That's the opposite of fun, isn't that not you, fun? You, you, you don't. You shouldn't necessarily be 
100% facilitating it, but you shouldn't yeah. be actively fighting the player from I, winning. I suspect it was just poorly worded. It was, it was, it was more about like giving the player a he challenge. Was, he was and, probably you know. like uh, a couple grams in on that SOE Coke and <laughs> probably, uh, yeah. shouldn't have been giving that interview. He's like Tom Howard is now. Yes. Like, he was that game <laughs> yeah. designer that everyone always talked about. And um, they, they, he, after EverQuest 2, you kind of stopped hearing about him. EverQuest 2 did not do well, so... He went into something else, and I remember... Was it Tabula Rasa? No, that was Lord British who did Tabula Rasa. Yeah. There was something like that that he went and did, and it was like, this is the Brad McQuaid joint, and then it just never really You know really what? I remember that, and I don't remember what it was called. And so, yeah. The, 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 everyone was like, GameSpot was like, the new Brad McQuaid MMO. This is the MMO. new EverQuest, right? It's like, and nah, then, it's not. And then nothing. Actually, it probably was the new EverQuest, and because it was EverQuest. Yeah. That was the problem. But anyway, there we go. Kevin's number three. That's fantastic. Is EverQuest. It's only number three. Yeah. That's the, that's the interesting part. I mean, we, we've all got two and one left. <laughs> and you got to you got to figure what... I mean, I've got, what, Zork, Earthbound, and Quake. Where, <laughs> where am I going next? I mean, if you know me and you know my trajectory, and you can probably put together a few things from what I've already put together. So you yep. can kind of see where I'm going. Anyway... We're going to call it here because we're actually over time. There's only two of us and we went over time. I, don't, we, we, we got some we talking talk, to do. Turns out. I mean, Even without the guy from the East Coast, we can talk. We, we've known each other for nigh on a couple decades That's at true. this point. So, All right. Thank you, everybody. As always, keep up with all things at OperationPuppet.com. The link tree is in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Shout out, Scarlet. We you appreciate you, Scarlet. <laughs> to the very end Scarlet probably does listen to the bitter end because I know Scarlet thank you very much for everything you do uh, we will catch you in a couple weeks time. two weeks two weeks two weeks anyway goodbye you have been listening to Pixels and Puppets the Operation Puppet Podcast visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links tell your friends give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs>